Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Dayton Tolbert, back live tonight with a special Ask Dayton edition of Advice Mondays. You know, uh, it's been a little while since we were last live, and um, I wanted to come back tonight to talk about something that's very common in in the black community as well as um, common around this time of the year, which is being placed in the what we call the friend zone. A lot of you know, you hear that term being thrown around and. You know, I want to talk about it from a couple different perspectives. One, uh, explaining what it is, but also talking about how to avoid being placed there. Um, Over the course of my life, I've heard from many women. I've heard even had conversations with men expressing frustration about, you know, why they were placed there, how to get out of there, what it means, what are some reasons to that you know that will lead to you being labeled as just a friend, you know, when you may want more. And uh, we want to address that issue. It's not something we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, in the history of this show. So definitely want to do that on uh, on this evening. Um, this being Advice Mondays, there are also a lot of other topics that I want to address this evening. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the media, a lot of things going on in some very popular TV shows. There's a very popular new album by by a very popular artist that, you know, some people have uh, on tonight asked me to, uh, you know, discuss or give my take on. I don't have a lot to say about it, but, you know, we can address it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do a lot of that tonight. We're also going to try to tackle a couple Ask State On Advice questions that have been um, you know, lingering for a little bit that I wanted to uh, address tonight. You guys are welcome to call in with any questions or comments or feedback to 646-200-0366. Make sure you hit the number one on your keypad if you have uh, some input for tonight's show. Uh, Courtney is here with me this evening. Courtney, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. How's it feel to be back on Advice Mondays with um, obviously you know a lot of a lot of new information, a lot of things to discuss. Feels pretty good. Really excited. Yeah, um, you know we might as well jump into it. You know I've been trying to, as I tell you guys, you know this is a time of year where we do a lot of, you know the the greatest hits, you know the best of type of shows, a lot of all time classics. I try to run around this time just because. You know, around the holidays, I like to spend time with the family, get some other things done. But you know, I, I you know I, I'll throw a live show in there every so often. But that being said, I don't anticipate being you know here for three hours like we have been you know throughout the course of the year. So I want to kind of jump jump right into it. Shall we start off this evening, Courtney, talking about the surprise album you know dropped on Friday the thirteenth by as she's commonly known as Queen B, you know, a fa- uh, an album given to the quote-unquote Beehive. Shall we discuss that? Yeah, we can. <laughs> when you heard about it, 
Did you jump out of your seats with your seat with anticipation and excitement, and you know just to see what it was all about? No, I honestly could care less. Like it was no big deal. I've never been a Beyonce fan though. Well, see, here's the thing. You know, I think um, you know, there are a lot of things that I could say about it, but you know, the the problem is not Beyonce. Believe it or not, guys, the problem that really exists. I mean, she's part. Of, she's a a part of the larger problem that exists in society, but Beyonce herself is not the problem. I don't want people to think she's the problem. She's just a piece in the puzzle because, really, I want people to understand this and hear this from me. You know, if we label her the problem, then that means we're absolving the people who who sign her checks, the people who distribute her music, the people who are her handlers, so to speak. The, you know what I mean? Because so th- those are really the you know the problem. The devil, the enemy, the evil one is the problem. You know, as the Bible refers to him. So it, you can't. We, I don't want to make her the the villain here, and I, don't, I really don't even want to give her as much credit as people are giving her. But I think one of the things, one of the reasons why we're even discussing her on this evening is because, unfortunately, she has more influence than anyone in the world at this point. You understand? So you can't talk about the problem without talking about the person who has or people who have been passionate about facilitating the problem and and you know what I mean giving it legs to to stand on and to walk on and to pushing a satanic agenda forward you have to start at the most popular you have to start with the most influential you know you didn't see Martin Luther King you didn't see Malcolm X going to you know uh you know a little park on the corner, no, you know, to, to to preach. No, Martin Luther King, he marched on Washington. Why? Because you know, because that was the that's the focal point of this country that was was under attack. Our people were under attack. So where do we go? You go to the source. You go to the most influential and and central point where the, where the war is. And that's what we have to do. I mean, if you talk about dating and relationship advice or lack thereof, you're not going to go to somebody who who is you know, has no voice, no, you're going to go to the most popular, you're going to go to the most influential, and ultimately the most harmful. Who would that be? You know, that's why we spend time talking about Steve Harvey. If you're going to talk about, you know, buffoonery and coonery and what not, what should not be on television and, and the effect that television is having, well, obviously you go to the, you discuss the most popular TV shows, the most influential TV shows, the most entertaining television shows, which would obviously be, you know, the love and hip-hops and all the the shows of that kind. You know, if you're going to talk about buffoonery and coonery in in, in movies, well, I mean, obviously you're going to go right to Tyler Perry because he's the richest man in entertainment. This stuff isn't rocket science, guys. And I think at some point we as a community need to start looking at the problem instead of making excuses for the problem. We are the only race that will be under attack by someone or something and make excuses for that thing that which is oppressing us. It's absolutely ridiculous. You'll never see Jews making excuses for Hitler. You understand that? You didn't see slaves making excuses for the plantation owners. It's ridiculous. People from other countries, the Middle Easterns, the, you know, people from uh, North Korea and all these other places, you know, they are practically at war with us. Not practically, they are at war with us. 
You know, they're not making excuses for for Obama, who's sending drone strikes over and dropping bombs on people's heads when they're on their way to a wedding reception. They hate Obama. They hate the United States. That's one of the reasons why terrorism is so prevalent. We are the only race of people who will be under attack by quote-unquote entertainers and make excuses for this very entertaining entertainers that are encouraging our little girls to prance around like whores. I posted on Facebook recently, you know, a little bit before tonight's show, I mean, we got little girls prancing around in leotards and shaking their asses, walking around with breasts out, getting nipple piercings, wearing these long blonde wigs, thinking it's cute, taking duck faces, you know what I'm saying? I mean, look at these lyrics from this new album. We don't, I don't want to talk about it, but we can. You know, listen to the lyrics of it, just a couple songs. Look at these videos. Look at these images that are being drilled into these little girls' minds. And then we have the audacity as a community to wonder why those same little girls 10 years later will be sliding down a pole, giving a little boy head in the bathroom, letting five guys from the football team run a train on them just because they want to be sexual, you know, just because they want to be bootylicious. And we, have, we as a people, as a community, as a village, we need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to morals, to values. Is Beyonce the problem? No, Beyonce isn't the problem. She's part of the problem. The real problem is these hoes calling themselves and masquerading themselves as single mothers, claiming to raise these little girls right, when in reality they themselves love Beyonce and are out getting smashed off on a Friday night. No father around. People say, well, now, it's not Beyonce's fault to, you know, to, to raise these little girls. You're damn right it's not Beyonce's job to raise these little girls. It's these parents. But what happens when the parents are on Facebook updating their status about how excited they are that Beyonce dropped a new album? What kind of parent loves a whore? What kind of parent loves someone, anyone, who is encouraging their little girl to be a whore? Only a whore themselves likes that type of behavior. And if there's someone out there who takes offense to that, then most likely, sir or ma'am, you are part of the problem. And I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the, my Facebook friends who take these ass shots, who pose with their breasts out, who take, who pout their lips, making sexual ca- uh, images with their faces to simulate and make a man think about oral sex and how good they would be in bed. Most people will say, oh, that's not what that That's exactly what that means. These women want men to think they're desirable. They want them to think that they're good in bed. Because people like Beyonce, people like Steve Harvey, people like these video victims have, have brainwashed them into thinking that is the, the course of action needed to find love. When in reality, that's what's oppressing us as a people, is this over-sexuality. Now, I know that's not what we're here to talk about tonight, but this stuff needs to be said. Because if I'm not saying, you better be darn sure, it's not going to get said anywhere that a large amount of people can hear it. And we have to stop making excuses. We have to stop passing the buck. We have to stop being the worst possible community of people. You know what I'm saying? Because this, you know they don't. There are not other bodies of people who are ha- who even who even have to tell you know say this stuff. You don't see Vietnamese families. You don't see Pakistani families, Iraqi families having these conversations, African families. This is stuff that is ingrained in these people from day one. Respect yourself, family first. 
you know, you know, values, you know, commitment, family, wives, husbands, love. What do we, I mean, where else will you find a love in hip-hop? There, I mean, you don't see this type of crap in the white community. You don't see this type of crap anywhere except in the black community. I mean, that's there's a serious problem. And I say that I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but there's a serious problem amongst us as a people. We may not only do we not stand up against it, you know, not only do we not take a stand against our oppressors, but we embrace our oppressors. Malcolm X warned us against this stuff. Malcolm X said this. He said, "You got to be careful. There will come a time, and I'm paraphrasing, but there we were the people. We will love the people who are oppressing us." And we will hate the people that we should be loving. That's <laughs> Malcolm X said that when he was alive. You guys know that, right? That's what's happening. Beyonce is loved. Obama is loved. Even Kanye West is loved. People talk about how crazy he is. Yeah, but, I mean, obviously somebody's going to these concerts. Somebody's buying these albums. Kanye West ain't that crazy. He's, he's, <laughs> Google Kanye West net worth. It's at least $75 million. If not, if, most likely more than that. So trust me, he's not as crazy as people think he is. I know I'm long-winded. I know I'm talking a lot, but, I mean, Courtney, any thoughts on this? Yeah, it's just amazing how, you know, people try to act like it's not a big deal, you know, in regards to music. They say, oh, you know, it's just music. It's it's nothing, you know, that's not going to influence these children, but I know for a fact that it does. And so, you know, people do need to take responsibility. It's more, you know, than just a, a song. You know, what because what they do is they'll disguise, you know, those lyrics um of promiscuity and all of that kind of stuff, um, and they'll disguise it with a very good beat. You know, something you can dance to. So you're dancing along to it, singing along to it, now realizing that, you know, you're mentally taking everything in and now it's becoming a part of you. And so now you're actually acting out, you know, the same lyrics that you hear on the song. And so it just perpetuates, um, you know, what's going on. I just, I know that for a fact because I used to hang out with Beyonce lovers, Rihanna lovers, and, and, and I just know how, um, how we're affected by it. Oh yeah, I mean that—that's what you gotta realize, because what Beyonce won't tell you and what you don't see. But the reality is, and I'm not gonna say most. I'm not gonna give a number or a percentage. But I think we all, like Courtney said, you used to hang out with the Beyonce lovers. I used to know. I still do know. I see it all the time. Women who love that. You gotta really look behind the scenes, and we can say, oh no, who are you to judge? It's not about judging. It's about reality. There are there's a serious percentage of women who love Beyonce. Who are whores and that, that is a fact There are many women You, you know what I'm saying who, who claim to respect themselves But in reality Are living out The, the promiscuity Expressed in these songs and these lyrics You know there is a, a huge Percentage Of black women Who is over 30 But has over 30 Sexual partners these are facts, guys. That is a lot of bodies right there. That's a lot of sex. And anyone who who says that, you know, a large part of that sex or the mentality that has contributed to that number of sexual partners has not been perpetuated, you know, and if not downright caused by embracing 
that whole sexual vibe that Beyonce has made famous for the 21st century. You know, they would be lying. A lot, I mean, you listen to the words. See, that's the problem. Most people don't really listen to the words. And it's not, again, don't get me wrong, it's not just Beyonce. Let me be clear about that. It's not just her. There are many whorish entertainers out here. In fact, the entire entertainment industry is specifically designed to perpetuate a sexual uh, you know, state of mind and, and, and encourage sexual behavior. That's the whole point of the music industry as a whole. But who in the music industry, Courtney, is more popular than Beyonce? No one. No one. So it would be a waste of our time to talk about the wicked, wicked music industry, but not talk about and even focus on the most popular and influential person, not woman, but person in the entertainment industry. Because she's more influential now than anybody, more, even more than her husband. And that's a serious problem. I mean, any time when you can get the president and the first lady to call you a great role model, I was talking last week on the show about Michelle Obama being on 106 in Park. You know, these idiots, these freaking uh, mindless zombies are going crazy about her and hanging on her every word, crying when she walked onto the stage. I'm like, yo, what are you crying for? You know what I mean? Like, she's nobody special. This is someone who thinks that Beyonce is a great role model. I don't care. I mean, anybody, I tuned everything out. You say, you, co, you co-sign Beyonce. I can't, I can't respect anything about you. Not one thing. You know what I mean? I don't care who you are. And that's what we got to start focusing on is our little girls. You know what I'm saying? These little girls who will grow up. I feel sorry for some of these little girls who have, who have moms who look up to Beyonce. I feel sorry for them because I see people like me. I I look forward to, you know, encouraging my little girl to to not be a hoe. I look forward to telling her that she's beautiful and that she doesn't have to wear and she's not going to wear even if she wanted to wear. You know what I'm saying? Like these these hoeish outfits. I look forward to that day because that's what we have to do as fathers. Is is Instilling these little girls, forget what the moms are talking about, but really, I mean, they'll do what moms do, but I'm saying these fathers need to step up and really tell these little girls and show these little girls that they're loved. And they don't, I mean, not only do they not have to, but, you know, dressing like a whore, carrying themselves like a whore is only going to lead you down a path you, you really don't want to go. Because at the end of the day, everybody wants love. How can you have love? When you're being targeted for sex and lusted after by men, I mean, I mean, look at little Blue Ivy. I mean, she's not too much younger than my or older than my daughter. I mean, what kind of life is she gonna have looking at her mom prancing around like a, like a slut? I mean, we—that's a real question, and I just encourage everyone to pray for her, pray for little Blue Ivy. You know what I'm saying? Pray for her. Because that's, I mean, seriously, you have a Satanist, you have Satanist for parents, a whore for a mom, a 50-year-old rapper who sings about popping Molly, you know, I mean, seriously. Is that not one of the most ridiculous things you've ever heard of? Yeah, it's really sad. 
Now, I mean, that's and that's basically all I wanted to say about that tonight. You know what I'm saying? Because, I, I, you know, I mean, let me say this. I, I mean, not only is it sad that the women, because I expect that. Like I said, I mean, no disrespect, but there's only a small percentage of virtuous women out there. You know, and when I say virtuous, I mean, honestly, I mean non-hoes. There's a very small percentage of women like yourself who are on fire for Christ, who 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 respect their bodies, you know, who don't have over ten sexual partners, you know. I mean, that there's a that's a very small percentage of women. Certainly, a very small percentage of black women. You know what I mean? And so I think that we really have to, um, you know, I commend you guys, and I always do that. I always commend you for for respect. I commend you for morals and values, you know, and respectability. But unfortunately, it's very rare in today's society. But what I was, my point with that is, I, I expect that from, you know, when I look around on Facebook, when I look around and you know outside of Facebook, I, I expect to see women. But what the heck is going on with these men out here, man? I mean, seriously, when you got men who are excited about Beyonce dropping the album, I mean, like, who cares? You know, I mean, what what kind of man? See, I, I come from the old school. What kind of man cares about? Beyonce dropping the album. I mean, like seriously. I mean, I would even expect them. To, I mean, I could see if like, you know, Tupac released a new album, you know, out of the blue, Biggie, a brand new album. Probably, oh, okay, cool, new new album from Big. All right, great. But this, we're talking about Beyonce here. Does that does that not seem a little weird to you to to, to go on your Facebook status, your news feed, and and to see grown men excited about Beyonce? It sounds gay. No, it is gay. Yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It, 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 yeah, it doesn't just sound gay. Men, those men are gay. That's what we gotta really stop sugarcoating and pussyfooting around, because the vast majority <laughs> of these men out here in the black community are homosexual, are on the DL. You guys missed my special on how to identify and recognize a man on the DL. Go ahead and Google that and make sure you listen to it. Because that was a barbershop where we, me and Marv and Lewis and James, we all shared our personal experiences, and they were many, with with men who it was evident and obvious and blatant that they were on the DL. Most of these men out here are flamers. They take it up the butt. They have friends. Like, I talked about one of our first shows, one of our first celebrity guests on this show, what? Five years ago, six years ago, was uh, uh, J.L. King, and that was like seven years ago, where he was talking about how rampant it was back then, back when he was on Oprah. I had him on my show. What a week after he was on Oprah, a couple weeks after he was on Oprah, that was seven. Uh, that, and it was rampant then. Look around, you guys. Most of these men out here are are gay. That's one of the reasons, not, it's not the biggest reason, but it's a huge reason why we're seeing a, a significant decrease in black family. Because the reality is most of these men are, they're, they're, I'll just say they're gay. And America is, is pushing this gay agenda. Obama is pushing the gay agenda. He's making it okay. It's not okay. You think it is okay, you need to read what the Bible says about it. It's not okay just because Obama says it's okay. In fact, that's one of the main reasons why Obama was put in office to begin with. Obama is a puppet specifically placed there to further this agenda. Where else are you going to get somebody who who is has the influence to co-sign homosexuality, gay rights in the black church? 
never be able to find somebody who could do that. You got Reverend Al Sharpton, Reverend Jesse Jackson, Barack Obama, the Pope, all co-signing gay rights. Does anyone see a problem with that? These are fake reverends. These are fake prophets. This isn't reality. It's fake. You see these people out here, Courtney. You know, I mean, is it not fake to you? It is fake, but it's so funny how uh, a lot of us think that they are for us, you know, really down for us and really down for the cause. And they're just a part, you know, they're pawns. You know, they're a part of the plan. They're getting paid, you know. They, they're getting their cut, you know. So that's what's really going on. Let me Let me tell you something. Let me read you something from the Word of God. See, a lot of people don't really break down the word of God. And I know we're deviating a little bit, but we got time. I know what we do here. I know what it is, man. We're going to talk about the friend zone. Don't get it. You know, we'll get to that. But this is what's important here. The word of God is what's important in regards to what we're seeing of the times, the changing of the times. Well, see, the thing about it is over in Daniel, the Bible says something about the changing of the times over in Daniel 7.25. It says something about gay rights. It says something about Obamacare. It says something about the, how drone strikes are now legal and the, the privacy, uh, you know, these new, newfound privacy acts that are really unconstitutional and invasive. It says something about all this stuff. You're saying, really, what does it say? Well, over in Daniel 7.25 it says, he, in regards to the Antichrist, It says, he shall speak words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change the times and the law, and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Is that not deep, Courtney? That is deep, because I just thought of a lot of things, just the whole, you know, him trying to, you know, pass, uh, you know, the gay marriage and, and make it, you know, for all 50 states. I thought of people who, you know, have fallen for, you know, everything he's saying and just gotten caught up in Obama and just really following him and not really knowing, you know, what he's really about. Right. That's what it is. People are... People are following him blindly. And it's not just him. Again, he's in the same boat as Beyonce. Just an influential pawn that the people who truly control this country are using to further their agenda. Kanye West said it. He said clearly in this whole media tour that he's been on, he said the people who control this country, the people who really make the decisions, those are billionaires. The people who control the fashion industry, the music industry, the politi- the polit- political arena, sports, those are billionaires. There's a very select, elite group of people who run this country. And Kanye West is only mad because he's not allowed to sit at the table. But don't let his egotistical rants and, you know, talking crazy and calling himself Jesus, don't let that confuse you and, and blind you to what the, to the truth that he's actually saying about certain aspects of the industry. He's told us on numerous occasions, really, he's described the Illuminati. He's described the people who run this country. He's described, he even said specifically Obama. He's like, Obama ain't a billionaire, nowhere even close to it. He has no real power. 
There are athletes with more money than than Obama has. He has no power. It may appear that he has power, but he's being controlled by the people with the power. That's really what's going on. It's just like a game of chess. You know, you, you send out, if you know anything about chess, that's a very accurate analogy. You know, anyone who plays chess knows the first thing you do, you know, you want to position your king, you know, you want to ca- castle him so they can, you know, kind of be back there secure. You want to let the, you know, build a fortress around your king and then you let everybody else go out and do the work. You know, the people, the pawns are the Kanye's, the Jays. Nah, that's not even the pawns. The pawns are more like the Meek Mill and the Wale's and the Rick Ross's. Those are the pawns going out there throwing up 666 signs. These actors, these actresses, these people in commercials. Those are the pawns spreading the message. You know what I'm saying? You know, the the the, the bishops and the rooks and the knights. Those are more so the Jay-Z's and the Beyonce's and the people behind the scenes. You know, these, these heads of... Uh, you know, these, you know, music and, and entertainment companies and things like that. And then you have the, the real shot callers who sit on that back row and just chill. The king, the queen, who really don't do anything. They just sit back and send the pawns, you know what I'm saying, out to do their bidding. That is a very accurate depiction of how this whole thing works. All right, guys says right here over in Matthew 24, 24, says, For false Christs and false prophets will arise, and they will perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. And people need to realize this, man. That's what people don't really they think that these see the Bible is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow, and forever. It will never change. It's always applicable. That means what's going on now is it can be seen in the Word of God. False prophets will arise. I don't know about you guys, but I see a lot of false prophets rising up out of nowhere. What seems to be like nowhere. A lot of false prophets. Like what do I mean by false prophets? Well, the Bible says over in 1 John 4, 3, And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming, and now is in the world already. That's 1 John 4, 3. That's what a false prophet is. They say, what, what does that mean? It's anyone who does not confess that Jesus is, is, is God. Well, then all you really got to do is look around. When the heck is the last time you heard Jesse Jackson profess the name of Jesus Christ? When's the last time you heard Reverend Al Sharpton mention the name of God? When's the last time you've even, I mean, anything even remotely close heard come out of Obama's mouth in regards to Jesus Christ? I've never heard him even say the name Jesus Christ, to be honest with you. Have you, Courtney? No, I have not. And I'm not saying he hasn't. Don't, for, for all the psychos, go crazy. I, I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm saying I've never heard it. And I've, you know, I, I keep myself pretty, I try to keep pretty well informed. You know what I mean? See, see me, somebody like me, see, I love Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian, so you're going to hear the name Jesus Christ from me. I don't care where I am, period. You're going to hear the name Jesus Christ because that's what's important to me. 
And if if you're not hearing that, if you're not making Jesus Christ a part of your day, in fact, my buddy Osho, shout out to him, one of my best friends, if you call his voicemail right now, it says, you know, I'm not here right now, da-da-da, but he says at the end of it, be sure to make Jesus Christ a part of your day as he makes you a part of his day every day. That's been on his voicemail for like five years, as long as I've known him, actually. You understand that? And that's how it should be. You're, we're making excuses for people because of their position, because of the presidency, because of the industry that they're in. It's like, oh, okay, well, they shouldn't have to profess the name Jesus Christ. Well, the Word of God says right here that if you don't, anyone, any spirit who does not confess to Jesus, confess Jesus, is not from God. Well, Courtney, if someone is not from God, who are they? What, who or what do they represent? They represent Satan. Right, that's why it says right here. They don't represent Christ. It says, in fact, it's the spirit of the Antichrist. People say, oh, they hear that word. They think it's something out of a, a Stephen King book. No, it's, it ain't nothing out of a Stephen King book. It ain't nothing, you know, science fiction. People say, oh, Antichrist. Oh, well, you talking crazy. No, I'm not talking crazy. It says right there in First John 4, 3. It says it's the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already. See, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about this, because I do want to move on. There's a lot to talk about. But I think that people need to understand the Antichrist, and maybe we need to do a show on the Antichrist. I mean, we've done a show on the, the devil and the attacks of the devil, but maybe we need to do a show on the actual Antichrist, what it is, what the Bible says about it. In fact, I think that's exactly what I'm going to do, because most people have no idea who or what the Antichrist is. People are calling Barack Obama the Antichrist. They're calling, they think it's something crazy. But the reality is there, ha there are Antichrists who have come before and are here now. That's what people need to realize. Beyonce is an Antichrist. Obama is an Antichrist. Jay-Z is an Antichrist. What do you mean by that? Well, it's, as the word says, it's someone and anyone who does not confess Jesus Christ. It's someone who speaks words against the Most High. It's someone who will wear out the saints of the Most High. What does that I, I interpret that to mean they're going to wear out the saints of the Most High. I interpret that to mean to take people who, who love Jesus Christ and attempt to turn them against Jesus Christ. Would you say that's an, ap, uh, an accurate uh, translation there? Yeah, and I'm already seeing it happen, so, yes. Right, you're taking people who love Christ, you know, self-proclaimed Christians, and you make them Beyonce fans, and then when you really dissect what Beyonce stands for and what she represents, you've really got to ask yourself, well, well, who are you really a Christian? Like, you like Jay-Z, you like Beyonce, but, but you're a Christian? That defies the the whole term of being a Christian, how can you be a follower of Christ but love someone who, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, you you know yeah. it. Like, I don't even need to finish that sentence. I, I could do a whole show on that. In fact, we have. You can't follow any of those people. Anyone who, bottom line is this, anyone who who is loved by the world is an enemy of, of God. The Bible says that. You know it and I know it. You can't be loved, you can't, you can't be loved by the world and you can't love people who are loved by the world. So, and, and, you know, definitely feel free to, 
you know, hit hit us up with, with, with questions or comments or feedback or, you know, anything, you know, throughout this show. But this is this is what's really important. You know, this is this is what we all need to be discussing. Can we talk about briefly this foolishness is that people refer to as scandal, Courtney? Yeah, what's going on? Gosh, man! Mm-hmm. I know you don't watch. You're not a scandal watcher, and you know I, I'm about to just I, I I can't even. It's just it's ridiculous on so many levels. But what's most? I mean, the show isn't ridiculous. But what's ridiculous is the the people's reaction to the show. Because see, what the, I mean, scandal. I mean, there's there's a million shows out there, you know, that are like scandal and that are better than scandal. I mean, The West Wing was was better than scandal. I mean, scandal was a very Average show And that's just from from a television perspective I mean you look at some of the great dramas of all time No one You know would, would put Scandal And will put Scandal at the top of the best Even a classic show Clearly I mean it's not even close But that being said is The, the fact that people are You know embracing it It's It's very indicative Of their the misery that that exists in much of the black community. You don't hear white people talking about scandal, not like that. You know what I'm saying? They don't. In fact, they it's like, and when you do, they and even if they like it, they don't like it for the same reasons that black women like it, and and that's the reality. The reason why black women like it so much is because they can relate to the emotional unavailability of Olivia Pope. There's nothing positive about her. There's nothing uh, empowering about her. I mean, she's a miserable individual. She's a promiscuous individual, you know. And I think that we have to encourage our women to to want more and to want better for themselves. Is that something we can agree on, Courtney? Yes, we can. Because I'm tired of seeing those um, Facebook statuses. About the show It's like every minute It's they. It's like every single minute It's like an update It's like wow why, People are really why caught is it up. So, what's, the, what's the appeal of it to you? I think the appeal of it Is that they feel that Olivia Pope has achieved Has achieved success You know not even just in her career But in her love life Because she you know Was able to in their mind you know, take a man away from his wife and more specifically a white man. And so they make it seem on the show that he's in love with her. So it just creates this sick fantasy for a lot of women who find themselves in in those situations where they're being strung along. It just makes them feel like they have hope. And and that's the sad part about it. And that's that's a, a major part of the problem. Um, is that they are they're striving to achieve something that is should not be even desired. You know, I mean, I could at least see if it was if the struggle was for love, but it's not love. She's striving to be with a married man. You know, she's having sex with the married man's best friend. I mean, come. I mean, would it be possible, Courtney, to exhibit more hoish behavior than that? No. I mean, seriously, if you sat down and said, we want to write a, create a character who is the biggest whore on television, 
I mean, what more could she do than have sex with a married man, but then not just that, have sex with not you know a senator, you know, as and then have sex with the married man's best friend. You know, I mean, stringing someone along, getting engaged to them, breaking off the engagement to have sex with the president, breaking up with the president to have sex with the president's best friend. I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm an author, and I couldn't come up with a bigger whore than that. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of which, get get the love we had. Y'all want to see a respectable woman? You want to see the best woman possible? The most sexy and beautiful, most beautiful woman? The most desirable woman? The most desirable character? The most sought-after character in the history of books? Go ahead on Kindle and get my novel, The Love We Had. Maya is the perfect woman. You know, I'm just being honest with y'all. If y'all haven't read it, you're tripping. Two ninety nine on Kindle, but but I'm saying that to say that like read the book so you can see what true respectability is, so you can see what true beauty is, so you can read about what true love at first sight is, not some hoish crap, you know, on Scandal. So, in fact, can I be? I mean, I told y'all this last week online, but I hate to tell you guys. But scandal is a ripoff. Anyone who see what you gotta realize there, for me, that my top five shows of all time, okay, Sons of Anarchy, Breaking Bad, and this is in no particular order, Sons of Anarchy, Breaking Bad, Twenty Four, uh, Alias. And we could probably throw a number of different shows in there to round out the top five from Beverly Hills 90210, which is an all-time classic. Don't get it twisted. Smallville. Many, many different shows that could fit that number five slot. But Alias is an all-time classic from which Scandal has stolen this most recent storyline with, uh, with Olivia and her mom. You got, I'm telling you all that. Like, I, I, watched, I watched all five seasons. And anyone who knows, knows that the show revolves around the main character, Jennifer Garner's character, uh, Sidney Bristow, and her mom, uh, you know, who is a double agent who manipulated her and her emotions and manipulated her father into trusting her and found out that they thought that she was good and was trying to help them, but in reality she was really evil and she had this plot to take over the whole world and cause all types of problems. And then there was this big showdown. I haven't, that hasn't even come. That's coming in January. Trust me. There's going to be this big showdown between Olivia Pope and her mother. Guess what? That was already done by Jennifer Garner on Alias. I'm telling you exactly what's going to happen even before they steal it, before they show how they stole it. Is that not, is that ama- not amazing to you, Courtney, how they will, I mean, blatantly steal they're so unoriginal. They would just steal and then repackage it as if it's brand new. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. It's listen. It's all on on demand. Watch Elliot. If you think if you think I'm lying to you, go on on demand and watch Elliot, and you will see. It's the same exact, exact plot. 
and people are watching like, oh my gosh! I, I, listen, y'all ain't got y'all ain't got to wait till January. I can tell you what's gonna happen. All right, trust me. It's all, just go watch Alias, and you can see it. You can see what's gonna happen. It's not that big of a deal. So, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to be like that, but you know, at some point, we got to You know, I was telling Courtney earlier. You know, the world needs a new bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all need, you know, someone who is going to be honest with y'all, someone who's going to not be afraid to keep it real. I'm not looking for fans. I'm not looking for listeners. I'm not looking for people to buy my books. All that stuff is icing on the cake. You know, what's, what is necessary, though, is honesty and, and is realness. What else can we talk about? This is Advice Mondays, though, man. We want to have some fun tonight. want to rap to y'all about what's going on in the community. We got grown men referring to themselves as gladiators. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, what the heck is wrong with y'all? Gladiators? Like, you're not a gladiator. You you work at, you know, a, a, you know, a telemarketing job. Like, you're not a gladiator. You know, you're you're a teacher, you're a social worker, you're unemployed, you're not a gladiator. Whatever you do, you see what I'm saying? Like, people get so hype and so, like, into this stuff. That's the same thing that happens with Beyonce. You know, with, with Scandal, okay, yes, uh, for this hour, and I'm going to be a gladiator. While I'm listening to this new album, I'm going to be a whore. I'm just saying, that's what people do. That's what people do. That's, that's what happens. They get into the role. They get into the character. And that's what we got to stop. What else can we talk about, man? Um, What else, man? I, I go on Facebook. Somebody asked me to talk about this. Go on Facebook. And I, I said on, what was it, Saturday night, Sunday night, I said, let the drunken late night rants from disgruntled jump-offs talking about how through they are, you know, Honesty's the best policy. Just be a man. I never wanted you anyway, nigga. You trifling ass. You done mess with the wrong. Like I see all that stuff, and knowing darn well you ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Nowhere. You know, and that's the reality of it. You know, don't don't talk a good game. Don't play tough Tony on your Facebook news line. News feed, status update, whatever y'all want to call this crap. You know, like, if you're going to leave, if you're going to be done, you don't need to be done. Just be done. Just walk away. Don't be done, and then when he when he hits you up, let him come over and smash all good, hit it from the back one good time, then you back, you know, oh, I love my baby. You know, like, no, nah, just be done. Just walk away. And, and I mean, so there's that, but, what, Courtney, what's up with people making these grand announcements that they're taking a break from Facebook. Oh, I'm leaving Facebook. I hope you I'm so sick and tired of X, Y, and Z and this, that, and the third, so I'm leaving Facebook. I'm shutting down my account. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Facebook. Like, yo, you're freaking crazy. Nobody cares. And then you look at it, it'd be like one thumb up, two thumbs up, no comments, one comment. You know, they got like a thousand Facebook friends there. No one cares that you're leaving Facebook. That's why you're saying it, because you're tired of being ignored. That's why, yo, do something. 
and everyone's seen it. I know there's not one person who hasn't seen what I'm talking about. When you see these people, I can almost guarantee you scroll down their news feed and look at their previous posts. I can almost guarantee you they've been ignored like repeatedly. So what all that really is 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 a cry for attention because they're tired of being ignored, they're tired of not being appreciated, you know, and so they say, "Okay, well I'm going to get some attention one way." That's honestly all jokes aside, that's why a lot of people commit suicide. You know, that that's one of the reasons is because they're tired. They just do it for attention a lot of times. You know, they jump off a bridge, they they shoot themselves in the head, they do something that they know is going to get attention as opposed to just going and dying somewhere privately. You know, they do something that's going to get them attention, the attention that they crave most likely their entire life. That need that craving for love, attention, affection, affirmation, value. These are all things that many most people don't have and never achieve, which is what leads to depression. Told you guys last week that uh, our show, our, our special, our long-awaited special on depression is uh, is coming up in uh, in 2014. So definitely look out for it. What's on your mind? I mean, you, I'm sure you see this stuff, Court. You've seen stuff, posts like that from time to time. I'm sure. Yeah, those announcements. I think I've made those types of announcements in the past. Oh no, that... say it ain't say it ain't so. <laughs> No, you didn't. Yes, you know that I was leaving Facebook and just taking a break, and I'll come back and just to see how many people would like it. And so I, I can relate to that, but I do see that currently. And but I will say the reason I did it was, like you said, just for attention, and that goes right along with the suicidal thoughts because I had suicidal thoughts and I thought about killing myself in one of the worst ways just to have that attention and, and have people feel sorry or um, have, you know, someone who hurt me feel bad about hurting me after hearing about how I killed myself. And I know that sounds crazy, but, um, you know, it's real. And so I can relate to that. So you can relate to that. But let me t- see, this is what I want to do. See, this is an excellent time for this. Because, see, and I want everyone to hear this. Courtney said that she was depressed and was under attack from the enemy, <clears throat> the evil one, telling her that she should kill herself, that she should not, she was not appreciated, she was not loved, she was not valued, and that she should do that, you know, do those things to get the type of attention. Um, and You know what I'm saying? But this is a testimony, not from me. You guys have over the years heard me read thousands of testimonies that I've personally received through counseling and this show and di- different things, but... This is one of the first, not, I shouldn't say that, this is one of the best testimonies that I've received. I've received many, actually, um, but one of the best and most well thought out and written testimonies in regards to Courtney and her counseling that she does with TRC. And, and I'll leave the young woman anonymous because she inboxed it to me and I forwarded it to Courtney. Um, but she says, hello, I had to write you to express how blessed I have been since I started my sessions with Courtney. She is truly gifted and a true woman of God. In three sessions, I feel so renewed, relieved, and lighter. I know God opened my heart and mind for this because I prayed one night and literally cried out to him and said, I surrender, Lord. I knew that I needed counseling and by a Christian counselor who did not know me someone who was non-biased it was such a relief to release and 
define why I have struggled so much. She has helped me confess and identify the areas in my life where I needed help. I am sure you know what a jewel and great partnership you have with Courtney. She deserves an applause for her for her obedience to God and her outstanding anointing. If you have not been through anything, then how can you tell the story? How can you relate and help others? Courtney is an awesome woman of God. Thank you for your counseling business, and you are truly helping to change the lives of black women. I am a living witness. God bless TRC. If that's, I've received some testimonies in my life. But that is one of the best, and that wasn't even directed towards me, and it's one of the best. Courtney, from someone who just revealed that you were on death's door, ready to kill yourself, suffering through depression, specifically because you felt like you had no purpose and you had no value, how does hearing a letter like that affect you? I'm like almost speechless right now. <laughs> it just it really warmed my heart because for the longest I was just walking around like a zombie and you know just wondering why I was just going through certain things and um just not realizing at the time that you know God allowed those things to happen so I could be a blessing to others and for that I am so thankful. Thank you God so much for that. And so thank you to the um, the woman who wrote the letter. I am so appreciative. It, you have no idea, you know, how appreciative I am. Um, so that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm posting it right now. I'm posting the letter with the flyer. And if anybody wants to, you know, have a similar testimony, <clears throat> excuse me, from Courtney or from myself, email Courtney at trctoday.com. Reach out to her, you know, if if that letter, you know, touched you, as I know it touched many. Um, I just posted it, about to post it online, you know, in, in a couple of different forms. So just, um, you know, we still take advantage that that free month of counseling has, uh, you know, is, is still applicable. So definitely um, take advantage. One free month, first month free. We've never done that before in our in our ten year history. So uh, many people have taken advantage of. And uh, you know, if you're on the fence or thought about it, you know, it's going to run until about January first. After that, you know, everything goes back to uh, to normal. We've been talking, uh, or we're going to talk about a lot of things. I want to talk about though, um, you know, this whole you know friend zone thing. You know, because that is uh, it's it's something that's on people's minds. One of the things that I wanted to uh, discuss in regards to that, I posted online earlier, is, is sex. You know, I said that when dating, be less concerned with sex. You know, and I said, and you'll be more likely to be blessed with love. Because at the end of the day, isn't that what we're all here for? I mean, isn't that the plan? Isn't that the goal? You know, isn't the goal to be... Um, you know, loved and married and live happily ever after. I mean, if that's what we're here for, why are so many people trivializing that with sex? Any thoughts on that? That's something I can relate to. And I think a lot of it is just because, just with a lot of women, you're just used to meeting, you know, the, the same types of men and you convinced yourself and believed the lie of the devil that, 
you know, that's how men are, and all men just come for one thing, just sex only. So you feel like you have to promote that, and you feel like you have to give off a sexual vibe to make a man love you, which, in fact, it's the opposite. You know, a man that is, you know, wants to love you is not going to be because of your body, and it's not going to be because of a sexual vibe. It's actually going to turn a man off. But um, I think, unfortunately, we just believe what we see in the media and, um, you know, in books and Zane books and, you know, all of those things, and we just fall for it, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's that's what we're here talking about because when we talk about the friend zone, I mean, really what people want, what, you know, I know men are going to want to hear it from one perspective, but when we when you hear women discussing that term, the friend zone, really what they want to know is why is he is he saying that we're friends? Why are we friends with benefits as opposed to, you know, him pursuing a relationship with me? And that and what Courtney just said is a major reason for it. You know, if you you know, if you flaunt your body, if you it's not and sometimes let me just say this. I mean that definitely will lead to you taking being taken out of that court category flaunting your body, but also the reality is many women don't flaunt their bodies. See, because I get it. I hear the talks. I hear. I get a lot of letters. Women say, well, look, they don't, you know, I hear you. And, yeah, there are a lot of hoes out there. Yeah, there are a lot of women who walk around butt naked and different things. But, you know, that's not really my style. You know, I don't show off my breasts. I don't take ass shots on Facebook and things like that. So why am I being targeted for sex? Why is he not committing to me? I don't, you know, I do respect my body. I mean, yeah, we've had sex, but, I mean, it wasn't on the first night. And, you know, I I made him wait. I followed the 90-day rule. I mean, I don't see what I did wrong. And what a lot of women don't realize is, and we talk about this on a regular basis, it has nothing to do with the 90-day rule. It has nothing to do with how long you make him wait. It has nothing to do with how you dress. I mean, you could dress like a nun. You could wear a, a snowsuit and and still be targeted for sex if you allow yourself to be viewed in a sexual manner. You know what am I saying? If you have sex with someone, basically all the chances of you being taken seriously pretty much go out the window. I mean, you might as well go play the Mega Millions tomorrow and try to win five hundred and fifty million dollars. You got a better chance of winning the Mega Millions than you do with somebody taking you seriously after you give them some good sex. After you give him head on a Friday night, you think he's going to – listen, it doesn't happen. I could tell y'all stories, man. I mean, I had this woman gave me head in the parking lot after I dropped her off. I'm like, yo, what the heck are you doing? She just like went to – I'm like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Like this was something I could, I could show you her Facebook page right now if I wanted to. Someone who's like, you know, super spiritual – and you know, not showing off her her boobs and her, her her booty, and you know, not talking that crazy stuff. Just like you know, like a regular woman, like you know, what I'm saying no nothing like like the horrible women we see out here. But the, what I'm trying to tell y'all is, even the most quote unquote respectable women can be taken out of the wife. I mean, she was never there to begin with, but I'm saying she was taken out even before she, I even thought about putting her there. Just because of that type of behavior. And what happens is a lot of women, they get the nice guy, the quote-unquote nice guy, and because they see the nice guy, they target. They think, you guys think women get targeted. No, any man will tell you it's a lot of men that get targeted by women because of how those men are perceived by those women. 
You know, oh, he goes to church. He loves God. He's not a drug dealer. He won't grip me up, aside from when he's about to smash. You know what I'm saying? He won't put his hands on me, except when he's smacking that. You know what I'm saying? He won't. But that's not what, you know, <laughs> that's not really what y'all want, man. Don't just target somebody because of what they don't do. Target them for who they are. And so what we're seeing is women are targeting these quote-unquote nice guys, but they think that they will get a nice guy by giving that nice guy sex. But what they don't know is that sex turns a nice guy into a dog. You know, sex will turn a nice guy who wants to treat you in a nice manner into someone not giving a damn about you. I was talking to my man Gerald Howard today. Shout out to Gerald. You know, actually we were texting, and I actually hit him up because I don't know if y'all remember some of the old school listeners. Around the time when Gerald uh, left the show, he came. He was he left to go out and promote this book, his most recent book, I believe, which is Black Woman You Are. Some of y'all may remember that book. You know, he sends me all you know copies of. I've read just about all his books. I never got a chance to read that book. And Gerald's a great author. And so I had some time. I, I cracked it open. I'm like three-quarters of the way done, and, you know, I'm just being honest with y'all. That's a great book. So if y'all haven't already, go to, uh, what is it, GeraldJHoward.com. I know Gerald. Look him up on Facebook. Check out his book. That's a good book, and it's a real book. You know what I'm saying? Get that. So so the point of that is Gerald, I was talking to him, and, you know, he's he's, he's mentioned that um, the whole time he was on the show, he was single. And he was talking about, our, his, you know, we would share a lot of our experiences with single women. You think I got stories? You know he got a million stories. And so, you know, a lot of times women are thinking that the nice guys will not, become, will not do those types of things that those types of guys will do when the reality is they can be worse. Okay? In fact, all dogs are nice guys some women I want y'all to let that marinate for a little bit Okay Let that marinate <laughs> All dogs At some point For some women Are nice guys So it And it all depends on whether or not You're giving up the sex That is what will determine You know If, if you if What side of that man you will see So not to be the dead horse But when dating, be less concerned with sex, and you'll be more likely to be blessed with love. That's it. You know, because and that that is, I cannot stress enough, that is the reason for the friend zone. Because let's just be honest with it, guys. You, you, you find yourself stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's a, or I not, that's not the best, uh, the proper way of saying it. More so, a more applicable way of putting it would be you find yourself in a, a catch-22. Because what happens is, I mean, just be honest, as a man, if you have an attractive woman, you know, who who is feeling you, as we say, you know, she's into you, you know, she gives up the sex, it's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was kind of good. I enjoyed that. I'm, you know what I'm saying? You know, you got a nice little, you know, she doesn't seem to be crazy, nice body, looks good. Why not? You know, I mean, it was good the first time. You know, why not keep hitting it? 
not just going to dog her out just for the heck of it. You know, if I get smashed, she got her own crib, independent woman. Okay. Now, I'm not going to wife her up, but I'm definitely not going to just kick her to the curb. I ain't going to kick her out the bed. Not after Friday night and what she did. You know? So a lot of women think, oh, he called me. He didn't dog me like Tyrone did, like Jalil did, like, you know what I'm saying, like whoever. You know, he's not so bad of a guy. Let me just, you know, make, he, so he went, what? He wants to go out again? Or I should say he wants to see me again? Yeah, the first time was dinner and a movie. Yeah, it ended up in sex. So now he wants me to come back over on Friday night. Why? Well, the reason for that is because dinner and a movie, guys, now equates to $200. Now, you know what I mean? That's you know that's how much dinner in the movie is nowadays. In, in many cases, don't go to the movie tavern. Y'all know about the movie tavern in some places wherever y'all are. Movie. Me and my wife go to the movie tavern. We get dinner. We get some drinks. We watch the movie. We spend eighty bucks just at the movie tavern. Don't let us go somewhere else. Parking. You know, shoot. You know, it's twenty bucks right there just in parking. You know, twenty dollar tip. You know, y'all know what 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 it is. So what I'm saying to you is, a man is going to be less likely to spend another two hundred dollars on you. You know, after he already smashed. You guys know after sex, I've never, ever, taken a woman out after sex. You know, like if I've ever dealt with a woman, and and sex was involved. If if I took them took them out to begin with, that was the first and last time that they got taken out. Y'all, I mean, y'all know that, right? And that's how it goes. Do you find that hard to believe, Courtney? No, because that happened to me. <laughs> what, what what happened? I went out with this guy one time. I think we yeah yeah maybe like once or twice, and um and then after that, not directly after, but we just ended up having sex, and then after that, it was no more dates. It was just all movie nights, pizza and drinks at the crib, and then that was it. Never went out on another date with him after that, but we were still involved physically. Right. That's how. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That's what we're talking about tonight. Friends with you know with benefits. How to avoid being placed in the friend zone. We'll take some calls, though. If you guys have comments, I want to hear some stories tonight from people in the friend zone. Don't be afraid to go. I mean, it is what it is. You guys got to stop being shy. It is what it is. It, you know, as long as you've learned from it, as long, you know what I'm saying? As long as you no longer, you know, are that woman who did those things, it's cool. Fellas, you too, man. 646-200-0366. Hit the number one on your keypad. Questions, comments, feedback at the end of the day. This is Ask State Out Advice Monday, so we're here talking about everything. I see a call on the line from uh, the 843 area code. Welcome to the Data on Tober Show. We got a call from you. Yeah. Hello? You still there? 843? Question, comment? Oh, yeah. The heck? Are you there? Question? Comment? Yes. Hello? Yeah, what's going on, man? You're on there. Oh, yeah, I, I have a, a comment about what you just said. Okay, yeah, what's going on? Hello? Yeah, um, yeah what's, your, what's your comment? In, in, my comment is I've been in that situation before um, of dating somebody, and um, we've had sex. 
But I don't feel it's, it's, it's true for every man that once they have sex that the dating is over with, that you don't go out and date her anymore because we weren't saying we were boyfriend or girlfriend per se, but we were going out on dates and we had sex, but we still continue to go out on 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 dates, go to the movies, go to different places, take trips together because it was good. The experience of going out was good just as well as the sex was good. Okay, so I, no, I didn't say that was true for every man. man. No, I didn't say it was for okay. I didn't say every man. I said me. I said I've never done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, all right. But I was I was just saying because, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree uh, with you 100% in that because um, it's all uh, so a lot of time it is about the man or, or woman how they put themselves out there on, on how you're going to treat them. Let me ask you this real quick. I, I'm going to pick your brain for a little bit if you don't mind. Now, in the situation that you're referring to, let's say you, you were dealing with someone, you had sex, but you like you said, you continued to go out with her and take trips. Did you... View her as a, a potential mate, as a future wife. Uh, no, no, no. We, I, it wasn't something like I, I would say I would, I would want to spend the rest of my life with, but I really enjoyed the person who she was, and, and like you say, how she carried herself, and how we interact with each other while we were out. You know, we what were, made we you? Just, what made you not look at her as a, a potential wife? Because I I didn't I wasn't looking for a wife, and I and she could be any woman. But at that moment, I wasn't looking for a wife. I, we were both of us in the understanding that we didn't want to take it further than it was. We enjoyed each other, and we made the most of our our friendship, our relationship, or um, you know, what you call it. We just made the most of the time we were, we were spending together. Okay, let me ask you this: If you don't mind, how did that situation turn out with her? How did it end? Um, it, it, it turned out that we we still we still friends to this day, but we don't we don't date, uh, we don't go out anymore. But we just keep our friendship just as that, just as friends. We talk from time to time, but the more that we just, you know, I guess just went our separate ways after a while, you know. But it was never about how she carried herself. She carried herself as a lady all the time. She, you know, she always was a person I wouldn't mind being out with, but we just didn't connect on the level of going past, I guess you said, the friends with benefits. We didn't go past that. And neither, neither one of us wanted that at that time. So once, you know, I guess once the, once it ran its course, then we just went on, you know, both went on, did separate things, but we're still friends to this day. Got you. All right, now, are you married or no? Are you, are you in a relationship now? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not married at all. I'm not in a relationship at this point. I have, you know, I have friends uh, that I talk to, but no, I'm not in a relationship. Look, my man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you calling in, bro, man. It, it, it's good to hear from from brothers out there with alternative perspective, alternative views. Let me be clear about this. You know, I spend a lot of time in the barbershop. I'm in the frat. You know, I do a lot of different things. You know, I spend time with a lot of different men, and you know. Be honest with y'all, I'm I'm a, I'm a very unique individual. So, and I want to make that clear. You will never hear me say that I speak for all men. You know, I don't claim to. I would never want to. You know, what I me personally, no, and this is no disrespect to my man calling in. I I can't. I wouldn't probably wouldn't do that. 
You know, me personally, I wouldn't spend money on a woman that I had already smashed, whether I enjoyed their company or not. Me, that's just me, though, and I don't knock anyone who's done that. Now, interestingly enough, though, I will say this. I have found myself in situations similar to what he just described, but it just, it was more so along the lines of what Courtney described happening to her. Like it was it was like more so in the crib, you know, did things that didn't require money because for me the ultimate goal was to find that wife, to find, you know, someone who I could, you know, build a future with, even when I was in my player stage. So sounds like at that time with this guy, you know, he was more so just chilling and focused on kind of doing his thing, which is okay. There was a period of time in my life where I was just chilling, and I had multiple, you know, friends, you know, female friends. We all know what that's like, so I get it, you know. Some people, and I know many men who have those same types of friends who they do have sex with, who they will go to the movies with, who they will take out to eat, who they will go to AC, who will go to Vegas with. I see it all the time, and I don't knock it to each his own. But for me, me personally, like, I think also, too, it needs to be clear that we're talking about two different things. And um, a couple months ago, we did a very interesting show, and I see some more calls. We'll take more calls on the line as well. But... We did an interesting show where we broke down the difference between a booty call, between a jump off, between a friends with benefits and a like a you know a girlfriend, a potential wife, a mate. And there there's significant differences there because I think what this man he just described was an actual friend with benefits. That was a great example of a friend with benefits because see the, that. I have had, see, I think maybe I miss, I didn't clarify. With me, a lot of times the woman in the parking lot who did what she did, that was not a friend of mine. That was not a friend with benefits. That was a straight booty call. Okay, that was, she became a jump off. She became someone who, like, you just called up specifically for sex. Women who are being viewed specifically for sex, you don't hang out with, you don't go out with, you don't take trips with, period. But a lot of times, women who start out as booty calls, you know, eventually, in many cases, graduate to being an actual friend. But I think it's, if you notice the questions that I asked him, they were very specific questions. I said, well, what happened with the two of you guys? Are you married? Are you still friends now? The answer to that question, yeah, they're still friends now. They're still cool now, but they're not together. And for the purposes of this show, my goal for women is love. And most of the women here who listen to this show, I'm I'm confident, are listening because they know I speak the truth about how to make that dream a reality. And if you heard this man's story, great story, great situation. I'm glad he shared it. But listen to the moral of the story. He's not with her. She's not with him. He said that he didn't want to be with her. She didn't want to be with him. But... Ask yourselves, do you want that to be your story? Anyone who listens to this show knows the effects of remaining friends with someone from your past who you used to have sex with. That's emotional unavailability 101. You've heard the men call in saying, hey, look, would you be cool with somebody? Not, excuse me. Would you deal with someone? Would you marry someone who is still friends with someone who they used to have sex with. Every man that I've ever met, the answer to that question is absolutely not. 
So use these stories as real-life examples, you know, of what not to do if you want the type of life that most women claim they want, which is love. But, Courtney, what what was your thoughts on, on uh, uh, our caller's story? I uh, I thought that was an interesting take um, that he had on it, um, just stating that, you know, the part where he was saying, you know, they actually went out and and took trips and, and things like that. And I actually, now that I think about it, I did have um, some friends from a while back that were in those situations that were actually going on vacations um, with guys that they weren't in a relationship with. Uh, romantic getaways, all of those types of things, and, um, you know, that that glorified friends with benefits types of situations. So it was just interesting to hear a guy uh, call in and uh, give another take on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's pretty much what we're here for, man. I, you know, I'm not a, a dictator. I'm not one of these guys that screens calls and is afraid, un, is afraid to hear different perspectives. I mean, that's what we're here for, man. We're here to have dialogue. We're here to hear different perspectives and the different different experiences and you know what I mean? Like I'm I, I like hearing you know, men. And see that's what I think is the the beauty of it. You know, I I don't knock anybody but, you know every, most men I know, you know, will tell you straight up, I'm not spending dough for the for the for the booty. You know what I mean? Now not that I'm saying that's what he was doing. Because it seems like he had a genuine interest in her, a genuine friendship with her, you know, in his eyes, like that. They enjoy genuinely enjoyed each other, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. But the the I think the reality is, he did not view her as a wife, and I think that's what's most important here for the women. I want y'all to hear that. Because a lot of women, some women may take away from that. Oh. He disagreed with Daydon. He wasn't feeling what Daydon said. So maybe there is hope. Maybe I can. But if you listen to what we did agree upon, I said, did you view her as a wife? He said, no. And the reality is, there's not a man on the planet, I can guarantee you this, that will have sex with a woman, okay, on an ongoing basis, not commit to that woman, not make that exclusive, and then have that situation at some point morph into a committed, successful relationship. When a man loves you, when a man is interested in you, he commits to you. If he doesn't, then that means he's not going to and doesn't view you in that manner. And you as women have to recognize when that's the case and know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Some of y'all don't know when to fold them. Some of y'all riding it out. And then you end up broke. You end up busted at the end of the night. If you catch the analogy, don't waste five years when you should have folded after <laughs> five days. You know what I mean? What you know about that, Courtney? You should write a book of analogies, man. You're good. You're good. But that's just so true. That's so true. A lot of us do waste a, a, a lot of time. Just hoping that it's going to get better and just waiting around. And then it never does. It actually gets worse. situation gets worse, and a lot of times you hit rock bottom. And um, that's the unfortunate side of it. So, 
Let's go yeah. to the phone lines. Go back to the lines. Six four six two zero 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 three six six. Hit the number one on your keypad. Question, comment. See a call on the line from the four zero four area code. Welcome to uh, Advice Mondays. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, Courtney? Hello. This is Randy. Um, I haven't called in in a while, but um, I was just wanted to touch on what you guys were talking about as far as uh the um friends with benefits subject. I'm actually in a friends with benefits uh bill right now, but I went into the situation looking for a wife. But uh it started out everything was good like they done said <clears throat> I found the woman who actually paid for the first date. She actually paid for the first three dates. Um but I guess, you know, I told her that, you know, I didn't want it to be a rebound situation. And she said she wasn't looking for a man at the time. And But we ended up having sex. So once that situation happened, the door automatically closed as far as looking for, you know, looking for a, a potential wife. So let me ask you this. When, you, when she gave it up after you smashed, were you turned off? Was the sex what took her out of the wife category? Uh yeah, it did because you know, like if there's no if there's no commitment involved and she's willing to give up her body, it's like you know, it's not to me it's just not worth going any further. You know what I mean? I think no man in his right mind is gonna wipe up a woman who's gonna give up her body without commitment. Wow. Truer words could not have been listen listen to what he just said. No man in his right mind is gonna wipe up a woman who's willing to give it up without a commitment. I could not agree with that more. I say that every single night. I've been saying it for the last seven years on this show, and time after time after time, we've heard man after man after man say the same exact thing. You know what I mean? Randy's just another one to add to that list. How many men need to tell y'all you you can't have be a friend with benefits and expect to be viewed as a wife? But look around and, and see how many women are or have been Jump offs, booty calls, friends with benefits. Now, I think now the ladies are listening because we got to be honest, man. And I'm just going to play the devil's advocate for a second. A lot of the women are saying, "Hold on, hold on." If if you know you say you're looking for a wife, but you're having sex with someone currently who you don't view as a wife, isn't that hypocritical? Is that a question? Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the question from the the mouths of women who are listening right now. Oh well, no, it's not it's not hypocritical because I mean, just like if you give me some free money, I'm gonna take it. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's not hypocritical. You know what I'm saying? She's a grown woman, and she's willing to give up her body. I'm not gonna say no. I'm gonna take it. And I'm gonna smash, and then I'm gonna send you on your way, and that's just what it's gonna be. You know what I mean? Like, we, I'll still have sex with you, but I'm not gonna wipe you up. Hey, man, I hear you. It's not right, but it's real. Let everybody know where you're calling in from. I'm calling in from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Cool, man. Randy, I appreciate the call. Listen, ladies, this is not pretty. This is not fun and games. This isn't, you know, the sound of music that was on last week or whatever. This is real life. You know, this it's not nothing to joke about. This is how it goes down. He just said... And just about all men will say, if they're honest, if you give, if I, I just told y'all earlier, if if you got a nice body, you got a fat butt, 
a pretty face, a small waist, your own crib, and and you and you giving it up? I took you out and maybe had to spend forty bucks, fifty bucks on a meal, and now from from that from that point going forward, deep down in my mind, I know I can get it anytime I want because I put in work the first time. You know what I mean? Like nobody in their right mind, you know, depending on where they stand with the Lord, you know what I'm saying? Just being real with you, is going to turn that down. That's just most men are going to take that. They're going to be at your crib every Friday night. I had many women. That was the case for me for a long period of my life. I'm being honest with you. Take them out once, meet up with them once. Chemistry was there. Sex went down. And it was just like an ongoing sex fest. You just heard the same thing from Randy. You just heard the same thing from the other dude. That's every man's story. Whether they lie to you and try to act like, oh, no, I'm in the church and I've always been in the church. Yeah, okay, I'm in the church too, but, I, I've, you know, I've had some history with women. So has Randy, so has the other guy, so has all the guys listening who don't want to call in. But it's it's going to be the case regardless. So what I'm saying to y'all ladies is respect yourselves enough to not give it up. Because we're talking tonight about, you know, that friend zone. You don't want to fall into the friend zone because once you're in the friend zone, you never get out. Like case in point, the first guy who called in, that woman never got out of the friend zone. Now, she, you know, he said she didn't necessarily want to, but deep down I don't even believe that, to be honest with you, because all, I don't believe there are women out here who, who don't want to be loved. And a lot of times when you feel comfortable enough to give your body to a man, there's, there are soul ties formed. And so there's not no woman out here wants to be used and objectified solely for their bodies. No one. You understand? They want something in return, whether it's love, even if it's money. They want something. Okay? But the bottom line is, whatever the reason, you won't get it. You're not going to get taken out of the friend zone after you give up the sex. Most women in today's society give up sex on the first night or certainly within the first couple weeks of, of dating. That's why Steve Harvey's book it has sold millions, as I said the other night, because it's the, it's the perceived solution to the problem. It's the solution, or I say perceived solution, because it ain't solving nothing. In fact, it's making things worse. But women think that waiting will alleviate the problem of them being dogged, and it, and it doesn't. So we got to keep it right. Any, any last thoughts on that, Courtney, before we keep it moving? I just want to say that was um, that was a great call, and it was very um, real. You know, he kept it real. And one thing that stood out to me was when he said that if it's free money, I'll take it. And that just shows how readily available that we are, we as black women, have made our bodies, and how um, just shows a lack of respectability that's out there. And uh, that's the unfortunate part of it. It's like a lot of us just don't love ourselves enough to wait and know that a man can love us without us having sex with him first. Right. I've had sex in the Ruby Tuesdays parking lot in, in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? After the first date. I got in trouble a couple of years ago because I told, I kept it real about the certain sorority that that young woman was in. Right? What's wrong with AKA? What's wrong with them? Why you got to put us out there? Because many AKAs are hoes. 
Yeah, I said it. But at the same time, many deltas are hoes. Many sigma gamma rows are hoes. <laughs> many zetas are hoes. Sorry, Courtney. Sorry to my sorority sisters. But the reality is many zetas are hoes. All sororities have hoes. Some of, in fact, some of the biggest hoes are sorority hoes. And we have to start being honest about that. Okay? I can't get in trouble. Nobody can censor me. You understand? <laughs> I say what I want to say. I do what I want. You know what I mean? People need to start being honest about this, man. You know, don't get offended. Just don't be a hoe. That's all. These women walking around here with their high heels on, their fitted jeans, their sweat, uh, turtleneck sweaters, their Louis Vuitton Gucci purses, thinking they all that, got their $1,000 weave up in there, thinking they doing something. You ain't doing nothing. Do something when you take that weave out. Ain't impressing nobody. The best women walking around here with 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 nice, natural, fresh hair, real hair. I don't care if you get a perm or not. Shoot, I'll take a perm. Just don't let that weave be up in it, man. Let me stop, man. We're having a good show, so I don't want to mess it. I don't want to get people mad at me. You know what I mean, Courtney? We were start coming out like, whoa, hold on. I thought this was a good show so far, but now y'all tripping. Leave my weave alone. No, I'm just being honest. Can I be a little bit more honest? Did you, ladies, did you know that wearing a weave can specifically cause you to be targeted for sex? Did you know that, Courtney? Yes, I did. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to tell you all why. Because think about it and follow me here. When you, as a man, are dealing with a woman, remember, there are only two ways that a man looks at you. It's either as a wife or as a hoe. You know? That, that's it. It's either the way I view my wife or the way Randy views that woman that he's having sex with now. That's a very accurate you know, way of putting it. Is those are the only two ways. You're either going to treat the woman like your future wife and you're going to marry her, or you're going to view her as cool with having a big butt or whatever, and you're just going to keep smashing it every so often. And you're never going to marry her. Right? But one of the facts, and this isn't the main, or it's, this is not the only factor, but it is a factor that if you're the type of man who says, I want my wife to have a head full of real hair, but someone wears a weave or you, and you know that that's a deal breaker, well then, if you're not going to marry her, what the heck else is there to do with her, Courtney? Have sex with her. What, you going to take her on trips around the world like my man who called in earlier? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking no woman. Listen, I ain't been on no trips around the world with no women, man. I'm not taking no women to the Bahamas. I'm not going nowhere. You know, we we going to the crib, you know, and that's it. That's, you know what I mean? That's it. But no disrespect to my I mean, see, I, I don't knock it. There are a lot of things that other men do that me personally I would never do. Then again, I'm a different type of guy. There are a lot of things that I did that men wouldn't even think of doing. But that's just, you know, that's the world that we live in. Let's go back to the phone lines, though, man. All calls are welcome. You know, like I said, this is this is as real as it gets. 646-200-0366. Hit the number one on your keypads. See a call from the 229 area code. Welcome to the show. Hello? Yes, hello. Welcome. Hey, this is Vanessa. 
Oh, hey, um, Vanessa. I, <laughs> I had an um, incident where I dated this, the, um, dated this guy, and um, it was during the time when Steve Harvey book was floating around in the movie. And stupid of me, I had the book laying out on my counter, and I teased this guy for like probably like two and a half months. And when I finally gave it up, he kicked me to the curve. <laughs> This is good. Now, I'm not, not, I'm not laughing at you, but it's good that it's, you see that. Well, yeah, let me ask you this. What was, what was it that you did that or that he did that made you want to give it up to him? Well, I think I was just playing hard to get because I was mm-hmm. teasing him about walking around with my little shorts on and playing my little movies and stuff. And, you know, so I'm assuming that's why I kind of, like, made him mad, you know. But he just hung around till he got a little, you know, till he got what he wanted. Then he, you know, went about his way. But I so had he, the same experience. So what, he just never called you again after the sex? Well, he kind of, like, distanced himself. It was like, it, it started, like, fading away. So I just got tired and I just, you know, stopped talking to him or whatever. Mm. But, yeah. <laughs> Let, but that's, you know what, let me just say, this is excellent. Let me just say to you, Vanessa, I know you a little bit. That is, it takes a very strong woman, a very strong woman. I want to hear more women. Over the, over the years, we've really only heard a handful of women who really had the courage, and Courtney included, to say, hey, look, this is a sexual mistake that I have made. I used to do things that caused me to be targeted for sex. I played games. I, you know, wanted sex but acted like I didn't, and then I finally gave it up, and this is how I got dogged as a result. That takes a strong woman to be able to call in to a show and, and, and express that. How does it feel yeah, getting that off your chest? Oh, I, I talk about it all the time, like, with some of the girls I work with, and they kind of look at me and laugh, but I have no shame about it because I'm way past that. I'm on a different journey now. So it doesn't bother me, but um, it's kind of crazy because um, I remember after all the sex thing, then that's when he started talking about, okay, what's your pet peeves? Because I think some of the things I was doing he didn't like. So, you know, he kind of like waited later to talk about his pet peeves and, you know, he just want to be friends and he want to keep it a secret. He don't want people in his business and stuff. I'm like, what? So I knew it was time to kick rocks then. <laughs> why do you think, let me ask you this, why do you think you attracted him in the first place? Um, well, were you, the weave. Were you giving, oh, go ahead, okay. The mm-hmm. weave, for one, and my dress code. How, what was your dress code? What, how did you dress? A whore. Mm. What'd you do? And when I say what whore, I mean, I didn't look at it as a whore back then, but now that I look at it, I kind of, like, revealed my parts of my body. I basically, like, showed, not showed my entire body, but I showed enough to be giving off, you know, that whore, you know, vibe to him. So, so if you could name a cel- if you could name a celebrity that you would say that you would kind of you kind of resembled as far as your style of dress, who would it be? Uh, they people kind of like I mean I just resemble somebody like the Hollywood look, you know. So I guess that would you know I can't specifically say who, but I guess I gave out that Hollywood look and. It show, oh, I remember one guy told me that I was I looked at too high maintenance for him. <laughs> mm. right. Yeah, so I I can relate to some of them stories. Yeah, uh, Vanessa, thank you for calling. Let everybody know where you're calling in from. Cairo, Cairo, Georgia. 
Georgia. Good to hear from you. Now, I can't. My, there's I, there's someone that that reminds me of, but I just can't think of who it is. Courtney, can you, I mean, someone who's Hollywood, who dress like dresses like a whore. Someone in the media. It, it, it escapes me for some reason. Help me out, Courtney. Are we talking about Beyonce? You know, I mean, I'm glad you said it because I, I couldn't think of who it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Listen, guys, we have to. I mean, we can hear all the stories in the world. You know, and it's not just Beyonce. And I'm glad she didn't say Beyonce, to be honest with you, because it's it, it's as I said earlier in the show, it's Hollywood, meaning it's entertainment, it's music, it's movies, it's this whole industry. That again is specifically designed to one on a large scale push a satanic agenda, but also specifically to to enslave us as a people. You know, I mean th- that's the plan is to separate is to break up the black family. You break up the black family as they did back in slave times. You you know like they did in Twelve Years a Slave, which one of the next live shows you guys are going to hear is is our special in Twelve Years a Slave, being a black man in, in white America. But that's what they did. They they showed you right in the movie. They split up the the mom with her from her kids. The father was he was already sold off into slavery. Well, you put the black man in jail. You make the black woman love a whore like Beyonce, at, you know, twerking and doing all types of crap. No respectability. Who the heck would want to marry that? And then you now we have the the same effect, different way of doing it, but the same. The effect is the same. The result is the same. The separation of the black family. Seventy percent of black women are single, and will remain single. Why? Because Beyonce and they're in the Olivia Popes and you know all these other negative role models, you know, are afraid to stand up and speak the truth. When is the last time you heard? You know, you think of black leaders, women's leaders. When's the last time you heard Michelle Obama encourage black women to stop having sex, encourage black women to keep their legs closed and to stop getting pregnant and to stop, you know, uh, having these abortions? Have you ever heard Michelle Obama tell black women that? No. Well, there's a reason for that. That's because she's never said it. You know, she doesn't say that. How do you see an epidemic? How do you how do you call yourself a black leader and not address the 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 problems in the black community? When's the last time you heard Obama say let's crack down on on drug dealers standing on the corners, black on black crime, deadbeat dads, black women respect yourselves. This dude has daughters but won't tell women to to teach their daughters to you know, to respect themselves. In fact, he has co-signed the ultimate whore and Beyonce, in fact, naming her as a role model. This is Obama. Ridiculous. And this is a lot of the stuff that's contributing to uh, to, to the friend zone. Let's talk more about the friend zone, though, because it's not just sex and it's not just dress, but a lot of it is mentality. Okay? I posted online last week, or actually this week, I said that an independent woman mentality has no place in a successful relationship and certainly not in a marriage. Okay? It, that is a fact. You cannot have an independent woman mentality. What's going on in today's society is we're. Wait, wait a minute. 
uh, the dude even called. The, that's what he said. I think somebody said he was like uh, she was she was came off as real independent and different things, or maybe Vanessa said that. I forget, but I hear it every day. A lot of women have been brought up in that manner, where they feel like, oh, I've got to be super strong, I've got to be super independent, and unfortunately, so many women, as a result, they come off as selfish, they come off as combative, they come off as defensive. You know, and that those are the characteristics that will make no man want to be with them. You understand? And those are the qualities that have to be let go, ladies. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself single and being targeted for sex. The bottom line, my wife, I don't have to deal with that crap in my house. These are the things that make a man target you. These are the, not more importantly, these are the things that are front and center on our radar when determining our intention for you, our plan for you. Are you independent? Do you not are you independent, but do you have an independent mentality? Because those are two different things. You can be independent but not have the independent woman uh syndrome. You know, because don't, don't make me pull up the lyrics for Independent Woman. Because I can do it real quick. We've done it before, and I have no problem doing it again. But if you really look back at that, that song, Independent Woman, it, it, is, it sets a, a horrible precedent you know, and really started the downhill trend that we now see. That was the, you know, really that signified, because I saw it happen with my own eyes, that's really the song that started the movement that led the black community downhill. That's what officially ended the Cosby era and began the Love and Hip Hop era. And I'm not specifically talking about Love and Hip Hop, but I'm talking about that era, that ratchetness, that independent way of thinking that so many single women have embraced that led to the demise of the black family. When I was growing up, there were a lot more families. There were a lot more men putting rings on the women of fingers, or <laughs> fingers on the uh, rings on the fingers of women. Y'all get what I'm saying? And now, after like that song, that mentality, it became this this thing of the past. It became something that was just like whoa. It became a lot harder to find someone that you could actually love someone that you could actually let your guard down with as a man. See, a lot of women, a lot of times we think about emotional walls. We think about guards being up. We we think more so that's more so women. But, there, you know, we as men have a guard up as well to a certain extent. It's like, but once we see that you're cool, once we see that you're not like a, you're not a hoe, you know, you're not gonna, you're not still in love with your ex boyfriend or something crazy like that. Then that's when we start to let that wall down, and then we start really treating you like the queen that you could be. You know, you can either be the queen or you can be the concubine. All right? There are gonna be there are more, a lot more concubines out here, a lot of mistresses, a lot of hoes out here, a lot of friends with benefits, a lot of jump offs, a lot of booty calls. It's a lot of that going on out here, but very few wives. Takes a very special woman to to for a man to feel comfortable calling you his wife. Takes a very special woman for a, a man to cut off all these other hoes in his phone. Like Randy has a, a young woman in his phone 
that he's having sex with, but he's not going to marry that woman. That woman will get cut off when and if he finds someone who he views as a wife. But that woman will be a special woman to make him, you know what I mean, for him to cut off that these other women for. My wife was a special woman for me to cut off other women for. Some of y'all aren't special women worthy of a man cutting off other women for. Well, how do you know? Well, that's what the purpose of the Data on Talbert show is. That's what we're here for seven nights a week. That's what we've been doing for seven years, telling you the difference between a wife and a whore, a jump-off, a booty call. And it's no disrespect. You understand? It's no disrespect to the women out there who aren't in the category of a wife. It's to help y'all. It's to help you transition. That young woman who wrote that letter to Courtney, she will be a wife one day. You understand that? Courtney will be a wife one day. Vanessa, who just called in, will be a wife one day. There are a lot of former hoes, a lot of former friends with benefits who will be wives of the best possible men. See, there's no problem with being a hoe. As I tell you all the time, it's a problem with staying a hoe. That's the that's what that's what the issue is. All right. Don't put yourself in the friend zone. But that, that whole Courtney, that whole independent woman syndrome, was that ever something that you subscribed to? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, just because I had lost hope in in love and so I felt like, you know, these situations aren't working out. I might as well just do it by myself. And so, you know, that caused me to have a wall up, and I see that all the time. You know, a lot of women have that guard up hoping that the right man, you know, is going to come along and try to tear those those walls down, and that's not what happens. In fact, it actually turns the man off because he's looking at you like, well, what do you need me for if you could do it all by yourself? Like, a, a real man is not going to... You know, he doesn't have the time to even try to tear those walls down because he, he wants a woman that already has it together. Right. Yeah, it's, it's it's deep, man. It's deep. It's one of those things that <clears throat> I think a lot of women have to find out the hard way, you know, unfortunately. They have to find out, like, okay, it's like a, a trial and error type of thing. You know, okay, well, this worked for me. You know, this didn't work for me. This resulted in me getting smashed off. Okay, so now I know not to do that. And I, and I from the from a counseling standpoint, you know, I don't. I want to make it so that you guys don't have to find out the hard way. I don't want you to have to be a single mom, have to be dog, have to get the STDs before you realize. Wow, you know what? I shouldn't have done that with that type of guy. That could have been avoided. In fact, the Bible confirms that it says where. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And that's in Proverbs eleven fourteen. So don't be afraid to reach out for help. Don't be afraid to be counseled. doesn't mean you're crazy. doesn't mean you're a psycho. doesn't mean that you have issues. It just means that, hey, look, you know, you, you'd like a different perspective on, on people who've been there, whether that's from a female perspective, whether that's from a male perspective. Either way, you'll never find two more realer people who, who have experienced more than myself and, and, uh, and what Courtney's experienced from a female perspective. You'd be hard-pressed to find any two people, male or female, who, who 
have done more and have experienced more and will and are willing to keep it as honest and as real. In fact, I'll just go out on a limb and say there are no people. We, in fact, we are the two realest people in the world. Can we say that, Courtney? Is that okay? Yeah, of course. It's <laughs> the truth. <laughs> I mean, it is the truth. I stand by that. You know what I mean? I do. I genuinely believe that. What else can we talk about? Let's get deeper into um, the – oh, real quick, I, uh, the friend zone. I do want to break it down a little bit further, but – one last thing that I want to talk about from the last week. You know we do we get like this sometimes, guys. Every so often, you know, there's like that show where we just got to go deep into it. My wife and daughter are not here. They went out to see Satan Claus, uh, excuse me, Santa Claus, some crap. You know what I mean? We got to work on that. Pray for <laughs> I'm just messing around, man. Oh, gosh, don't get me started. They, they went to the mall to get the pictures taken with, you know what I mean? So... It is what it is, but they'll be back a little bit later. Actually, they're on their way. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things. You know, we just got to be extra real tonight. feel like going in. All right? What else can we talk about? I was going to tell you all earlier, or I did tell you all earlier in the week, that I said, ladies, if a man you just met offers to cook you dinner at his place or invites himself to your place, for you to cook for him, 90% of the time, he's just trying to smash. Okay? Don't fall for the foolishness often disguised as romance. And that is, is some advice that, you know, it, I, for me, it could not be realer. It could not be more important because that's what we see a lot of. I, I've done that, just so you know. And I want to hear Courtney's perspective, but let me just tell let me set it up a little bit. This is how it goes. You meet a woman, like we said, you may take them out one time, just to like, oh, okay, let's go get some drinks. My thing back in the day was, oh, look, I just ate. Like, Sunday night was a big date night for me. It was like I was tired from the club Friday, tired from the club Saturday. You know, you never pass up a club night to go on a date with someone who you're not sure about what the what what it's going to be, so you never want to pass up five new numbers for a number you already have. So you know what I mean. Sunday, you know, afternoon, early evening, it's like okay, I just came from family dinner with my parents, so you know, let's go grab some dessert. Let's go get you know what I mean. You go up to Fridays or some dessert is you know seven bucks, ten bucks. So even if you spend a couple dollars, it's not like a big deal. You no chemistry, hey, no big deal. Only spent a couple bucks. After that initial FaceTime, I was like, oh, we didn't get a chance to eat. I apologize for that. You know, I was, like I said, I was just coming from, you know, family dinner, but you should let me cook for me. But really, to be honest, I didn't even do that. I was like, yo, you should, you should cook for me. I was a wild dude back in the day. Like, yo, Courtney, you should cook me a steak. You probably can't cook a steak, can you? I'd be like, yo, matter of fact, let me let me check out your cooking skill. What you doing Friday night? I want you to cook me a steak. They'd be like, what? Boy, please. I can cook. No, you can't. Ofra, well, you come over Friday night at 7 o'clock, and I'm going to cook you a steak. I'm going to show you I can. Oh, okay, sure. We can see it. You know what I mean? Bam. You know what I mean? Can you... and if anyone thinks that I'm, like, you know, exaggerating or it wasn't that easy, that's literally exactly how the conversation went. And I don't think I should. I shouldn't have to tell you guys what happened after that steak. Can you believe that, Courtney? Yes, I can. I can believe that. I've been, I've had guys tell me that before, 
that they would cook for me. And it got me so excited. It's like, wow, a guy wants to cook for me. He must really care about me. Crazy. Well, I mean, that's how it goes. You know, somebody said that I was harsh for calling Beyonce a whore. I said, how am I? If I said, if you think I'm harsh, you need to read Ezekiel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, a lot, you know, somebody, it's a whole debate going on. You got psychos over here debating, you know, and defending a woman who's who's leading the charge against their own people. You don't believe me? Just go on, my, on the show page on Facebook. That's how messed up society is. Black women defending the, the their main the main person specifically put in place, specifically put in power to enslave them. Our people will perish for lack of knowledge. It's unfortunate. But yeah, same thing with the whole cooking thing, man. You know, ladies, the whole point of it is to get you to the crib, even if he cooks for you. Don't let that Boston Market meal that he paid $8 for, what, a rotisserie chicken that he just cut up, you know what I'm saying, turned on the oven, you know, puts it on a plate, puts some, goes to the dollar store, gets some placemats on his, his kitchen table that he got from freaking Walmart for 98 bucks. You know, these dudes, man, these fake call center ballers, man. These cheap apartments, these fake cribs, you know what I'm saying? They're impressing y'all like with with a, a, a pleather furniture sofa and love seat that they got for four ninety nine at that local cheap furniture store. You know what I'm saying? It's not real leather. You know, I I, I joke around back in my <laughs> yo yo I was a dirty dude back in the day, I, and I've never told this story. But people would come to my house. I had one of those cheap. I had that. That was my first, um, my first uh, sofa and love seat. My first living room set. Cheap, cheap as crap. Four ninety nine. That was just. I was trying to get out of my parents' crib. First, you know, had my whole first, you know, uh, apartment set up. Paid the first month rent. Had the cable and everything turned on. Had the furniture delivered. Had everything set. So when I moved in, I was good to go. That thing was pleather, and a couple years later, that thing was raggedy as crap. I'm talking about that thing was tore up. People come, yo, yo, what the heck you been doing on this couch? <laughs> the couch was like, and, and looking back, like, it, it, you know, you would think that people would be like, yo, this dude is some type of pimp. <laughs> yo, the couch. <laughs> yo, think about it. It's not... Yo, real leather is soft, okay? When you would sit down on my couch, that thing would be pricking you because it was all ripped up. It was straight up hard plastic, you know, that had been ripped up. It was like like a dog just ate the couch or something. Like, people would come over like, yo, what the heck? They like, oh, they, one woman was even like, yo, damn, I see you get it in, you know? You, you, I, you don't play around. You don't waste no time. I said, nope. Get Your turn. You, you up next, She's like, yeah, okay. Listen, guys, see, and the, that's the thing. People would come there, know it was the pimp house, and still add to the rips in the couch. Who does that, Courtney? Who sees a couch, Who you know what I mean, and still decides to have sex on that same couch? 
Wow, hoes get turned on by that though. Yeah, you, yeah, that's what. Yeah, they did. They were turned on by that, you know, and 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 so I'm just tell. I tell these stories partially for entertainment, but mainly so that you guys can self-examine your own actions. Because I tell stories that the men can relate to, and that the women have been most likely the recipient of. And it's all to help. It's for the betterment of the community. You know, you go to someone's house, you see the couch prickling you like a porcupine. You know, <laughs> don't don't just turn around and walk out. You know what I mean? Hey, I was a, I was a cheap bastard back in the day. You know, four ninety nine for a couch, and people were like, "Yo, why don't you get a new couch?" I said, "No, nah, for what? I'm trying to impress nobody." And and some people may say, "Well, hold on, Dana," and this is very important. Some people might say, now I'm, I'm taking it back to me and Gerald's days back in the day, you know what I mean, where we really kept it real, you know, from a totally different perspective. But some people would say, well, hold on, why didn't you just take them into the, the, the bedroom? I said, they weren't worthy of the bedroom. You know, ever see, and ladies, that's what you, some of y'all can relate to. That. You, it takes a certain woman to get to the bedroom, to get under the sheets, to cuddle, to spend the night. Some women, unfortunately, are only good for the couch. You watch that movie in the couch. He gives you the massage on the couch. You have sex on the couch. Some women want to make it to the bedroom. Some women are booty calls and are not even good enough or worthy enough to make it to the bedroom. And all I'm saying is, ladies, I'm saying it to respect yourselves and to require more. I mean, don't even have sex at all. You shouldn't be doing it, obviously, from a biblical perspective. But if, for whatever reason, you are, at least be good enough to be loved. At least be good enough to make it to the bedroom. Is that, I mean, is that, you know, is that fair? I mean, at least, at least get yeah, in I the mean... doorway. No, go ahead, Courtney. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I didn't even think of it like that, that it made a difference what room it was in, you know, it was still... The woman getting smashed off. I didn't even know it was that deep. Some women were not even worth the effort that it would take me to change my sheets. See, I was a dirty bastard back in the day, man. I didn't even. <laughs> I'm playing with y'all. I'm not changing my sheets. I'm just playing with y'all. No, I couldn't even say that with a straight. No, I, I changed my sheets, but that's just because I, I, I'm, you know, I changed my sheets. But some women, what I'm saying is, if I let's say. You know, if I change my sheets once a week, which is pretty much what I did, which I think is about normal, if I change my sheets once a week, let's say I change my sheets on a on a on a Friday night, which would probably be stupid, but let's just say I did, you know, I'm not going to want to feel like changing my sheets on a Saturday night, on a Sunday night, and I just flip that mattress and change the sheets. That takes a lot of energy. Y'all know how it is. Nobody likes changing their sheets. Keep it honest. And so I'm like, look. I'm not. I just changed my sheets for you, so I'm not changing them again. That was the mental, you know. That was the mental uh, conversation I had with myself, and so they just made it. They didn't make it to the bed. Now some women, I had no problem changing the sheets for. Some women, I had no problem cuddling with, spending the night. Other women, I t- I've told this story before. Courtney, you probably remember. Some of you guys may remember. Tanisha might remember, Cheryl might, you know what I mean, people have been listening for years, shout out to them. But, you know, some, I remember one time a young woman, 
she was like, yeah, you know, we, you know, we, we had an intimate moment, and uh, she was like, yeah, where do you, uh, where do you keep your washcloth? I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what do you, what you mean? <laughs> washcloth. She's like, oh yeah, which way is your bathroom? Which, which way do you keep? She started taking her clothes off. Like, where do you keep your, uh, your towels? Like a washcloth and towel, and where can I find the soap? I said, listen, you don't. Worry. I, I was just. I was like flabbergasted. I, I wanted to say, don't worry about it. It's at your house. Where, where, wherever you keep it is where it's at. You know what I mean? Don't worry about where I keep my. And that is not. That's not how it should be. You know what I'm saying? Like when you give your body to a man, you know. Obviously, we know what it should be, but I'm just being real with y'all right now. Because you know what I'm saying? Like when you do that. It should be out of love, you know. And if it's not even out of love, it should, at very minimum, that man shouldn't view you with disgust after the sex. I'm trying to save some people from being viewed with disgust. You think that you gave some man some good sex. He hates you afterwards, and we talk about that. That woman that Randy deals with, I can promise you, he doesn't view her favorably afterwards. He was ready for her to get out the crib. He's not definitely not taking her on no trips around the world after that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> These are, I don't, yo, man, I don't know what's up with my man. Where the heck did they go, man? Yo, I can't be whining and dying these chicks, man. Seriously. Now, my wife, we, we're taking a trip someplace. We're coming up on five years next year. So you, y'all probably see some, some pictures and a, a photo album of somewhere where we went Exotic for our five year anniversary, but outside of that, I don't know, I don't know where they do that stuff at. You know what I mean? I might, you know, Valentine's Day, you know, uh, birthday things like that. That's those are the times where you show the woman you love, you know, special treatment. That's what you all deserve. If you're getting anything less than that, you gotta self reflect. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. What am I doing wrong? You know, is he just trying to smash or does he genuinely love to cook for me? See, I'll cook my wife something and be like, yo, here, taste this. I want to cook for you tonight. But that's not with any ulterior motives. That's just because, you know, that's that's just what I do. But back in the day, there were spe- it was done for a specific reason. Any, any thoughts for that, on that, Courtney? No, actually, <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to repeat anything you, um, any anything you said. I'm just in awe with the stories that were shared. It's like, wow. Why are you? So, why thinking. are you in? Why? Why in awe? Because they're so rare, or like, what? What are you thinking about them? Well, I was just, I'm thinking about how the women were being strung along and just had no clue, just had no idea. What was going on? Like the woman who asked for the washcloth, and you know, some women out there like that, including myself at one point, just really just didn't know any better. Really thought that it was going to material materialize into a relationship when, in fact, it was the opposite. Right. I want to approach the one of the last things we'll talk about this evening is I want to approach this whole friend zone situation from I want to reverse it. 
because obviously throughout the show we've been talking more about men who put women in the friend zone. But, I mean, I think we would be remiss if we did not discuss the the women who also put men in the friend zone and the men who complain about being placed in the friend zone. Okay, and I, I, there's an issue with that that I have. And see, what y'all got to realize is, let me, let me put it to you like this. Ladies, you can't put a man in the friend zone being targeted for sex yourself. A lot, And this is what I mean by that. A lot of times I will encounter women who will, you know, they'll say, well, I'm not interested in him. He He wants to be with me, but I'm not interested in him. So I'm just going to put him in the friend zone. And that's that's what you call a false sense of security. That's what you call a false sense of pride, self-esteem, insecurity. Because what you're doing, that you got to realize that man is not interested in you. There's not going to be a man within, who's in his right mind with any sense of testosterone left in his body who will... will Chase a woman who clearly is not interested in him. This is not Steve Urkel chasing Laura around. You know, this is these are real men here. No one is going to chase you, and to, I'm talking about chase you, wanting to be with you, if you are not reciprocating that interest, ladies. You th- stop lying to yourselves and thinking that you're placing him in the friend zone when he really wants to be more than a friend with you. That is what he's acting like. That's called the Denzel Washington syndrome. He's acting. He doesn't really want to be with you. He just wants to have sex with you, and he's just doing what needs to be done and what needs to be said in order to get to that point. See, a lot of men will allow you guys to think that you have placed him in the friend zone unwillingly, and he's willing to do what needs to be done to try to crawl his way out and to work his way into that main slot in your life. That's all an attempt just to smash, okay? He just wants to get on the turnpike and take that trip to Smashville. That's it, okay? He just wants to have sex with you. And and it just so has, see, back in the day, there are certain types of men who will go through the, the jump through the hoops and to play the games. Other men like myself, it's just like, look, either you with it, you know, Cameron, Cameron has a song called, you know, you know, I think you guys know the song I'm referring to, but look, you know, we'll leave that alone for right now, but it's, you know, is it going down or not? All right. If it's not, then we keep it moving. And that's just what it is. So I'm just saying, ladies, that whole friend zone thing is not, don't use it as something to boost your ego. Because that stands out like a sore thumb, and it will only result in that man doing everything in his power to get you into the bedroom. Is that something you've ever done, Courtney? Yes, it is. I've put a guy... In the friend zone before in college because I thought that um, I had some type of power. And I thought, oh, you know, he's too nice or he doesn't have any type of swag. So, you know, I know he likes me and I know he wants to be with me. Or that's at least that's what I told myself. And I said, oh, I'll just put him in the friend zone and just, you know, let him do um, whatever and, you know, wine and dine me and all this stuff. 
And so I was walking around just really feeling good about myself, blowing my head up, just convincing myself that this man actually liked me. And so as soon as I really thought I had the power, because I thought I had him wrapped around my finger, I thought that he would do anything I asked him to, because that's what it seemed like. And then one night he came to my room and he told me, he said, we need to talk. I said, okay, whatever. So we sat down and he said, you know, I wanted to tell you this now before you found out from anybody else, but um, I'm in a relationship now. And I was looking like, excuse me, what are you, like, what are you talking about? Because in my head I'm like, he, he would never do, do that. But he said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm dating this young lady and, you know, I want to see where it goes so I can't deal with you anymore. And I, when he told me that, I literally, I, it's funny now, but I was, like, crying, like, in a fetal position. I was so dramatic. I think I, like, fell out on the bed somewhere, and he had to hold me. And it was, I went from feeling so powerful to feeling like nothing in, like, two seconds. And so that goes to show, you know, as women, we are not – we don't have that type of control that we convince ourselves to have. And that just made me realize that I was being viewed as a sex object the whole time, and he was just making me think that I had power. Right. That, that's exactly how it usually goes down. Um, interesting situation. You know, the funny thing is <clears throat> in, there was, there's a whole, you know, game. There's a the whole dating industry, you know, that whole arena is is one big game. We've talked about I think what a couple of nights ago I rebroadcasted my special on first date do's and don'ts. Uh, a couple of weeks before that we did a rebroadcast of our special on the games being played in and out of the bedroom. You know, a lot of we we've talked about so many of these shows over the years um and there are a lot of games being played. Uh one interesting situation, I had a buddy, or I have a buddy who was really feeling this young woman. This is a very interesting story. He was really, and she's, you know, very sexual, you know. I mean, I don't want to be too graphic, but a very sexual woman, like huge butt, like crazy body, um, <clears throat> like the type of body that most men would just say is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Marv would probably put her on a scale of one to ten as a dime, you know, um, that type of thing. And, you know, she was the type of woman who he wanted to be more than just a friend with, but unfortunately he fell into the friend zone. You know, they started talking every night and, you know, she would be telling him stories about other dudes and, you know, same thing. And so they just kind of fell into that thing. And he eventually, and I remember telling him, this was a while ago, I remember telling him, like, yo, what you trying to do? He was like, yo, I'm trying to, definitely trying to smash, but aside from that, I might mind, I wouldn't mind having something else with her. He was like, but yo, she kind of threw me in the friend zone. I was like, well, look, you know, you're in the friend zone. I said, this is a freak right here. This ain't no, you know, woman that you wine and die. I mean, this, she's clearly a freak. You can look at her and tell that. You All you got to do is step to her, tell her what you want, you know, really approach her in that sexual way, and you probably get what you want. He's like, yeah, man, nah, I just, you know, we became too cool for that. I don't want to come at her like that. I was like, all right, man, I'm just telling you, that's probably what you need to do. Long story short, <clears throat> he he told me that he went on to her Facebook page, and similar to what you said, Courtney, this young woman was now in a relationship with somebody else, dealing with them, having sex with them, let them smash her on the first night. He's still in the friend zone with her, but she was like, yeah, you know, we really can't talk like we used to just because I'm in a relationship. And he was like, what the heck? I'll, you know, what happened? I kind of wanted a shot with you. She was like, 
You know, what, what do you think she told him, Courtney? I don't know. What did she say? He was too nice? Exactly. She was like, yo, you never you never approached me. You never came at me like that. And I told him, I was like, didn't I tell you just to go at her? Women don't like these these nice guys, especially when they're hoes. You know, that's the reality. You can't be a nice guy when when a woman is is a, is a freak, is a hoe, and and it, and has this whole attitude. They want to be gripped up. They want to be talked to any type of way. They want a, a man to just tell him like, "Yo, I'm I'm trying to smash," and they will play the game and they will give you a hard time. But at the end of the day, it will go down. And he, she even confirmed that. She was like, yo, if you would have came at me and just showed up at my crib one day and just gripped me up and I'm like, yo, come on, what's up? It's me and you tonight. She was like, you probably would have got some. He was like, and he was pissed. He was pissed. And so the moral of that story, some people may say, well, hold on, you know, like what the heck is the point of that story? Well, the moral of the story is, fellas, if you want to avoid being placed in the friend zone, you have to make your intentions clear. Don't beat around the bush. Make, well, if it's about sex, then it's about sex. You know, if you want to be more than a friend, then let her know that. <clears throat> but, I, but what you need to do is have a clear and concise plan of action. All this beating around the bush, all this nice guy stuff is just going to get you played. Have you ever met men that have tried to play that whole beat around the bush game with you, Courtney? Yeah, I have. And it, it made you play them, didn't it? Yeah, turn me off. Yeah. Keep it real. Honestly, Courtney, be honest for the thousands of people listening right now. Back in the day, if somebody stepped to you, it, it, back when you were in a different part of your life, if they were more firm and more direct and more blunt about what they wanted, they probably would have had a better shot at getting what they wanted. Yeah, probably the same night, yeah. Hey, Courtney, I, I ain't asked you to say all that. You, well, you asked right. <laughs> No, but that's real. I, I no, I respect your realness. That's honest, and that's what it. That's how it usually goes down for most black women out here. It's just that you're realer than most. You know, real enough to admit it. Most women, specifically most black women, will give it up on the first night. Now I'm doing my my darndest, right, for the psychos and the haters, but to to change that reality. That's the reality out here. The black community is jacked up. 16 million abortions since 1976 from black women. That that number is, is you know, that's catastrophic. We got to do something about that. <clears throat> Let's go to the phone lines real quick. I see a call on the line from the uh, 760 area code. Welcome to the Data on Tolbert Show. Hey, Dana. Hey, Courtney. Hello. Hey. Hi. Um, I was just gonna hang up too. You caught me. Anyway, I was. <laughs> you caught me. I, I'm. It's, it's Matt that I talked to you guys tonight. What's going on? What's yeah. your thoughts? Well, um, I'm tired. I'm just tired of being in the friend zone. I'm tired of it. But I'm also, I'm also afraid to uh, commit to saying. I'm done because I've said I'm done a few times and I'm just I'm tired. Well, hold on. So let me just make sure we understand. So you're tired of being in the friend zone, 
but you are afraid of what? Well, I said I'm I'm done a couple times, and I just keep failing. So that's what I'm saying. What are you afraid of that's causing you to go back? <clears throat> um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I have the baby. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm afraid of. I'm just afraid of being alone. I'm afraid at the end of the day to have nothing. But here's the thing, though. But here's the thing. If you have the baby and you are in the friend zone, which, as you we all know, is not being viewed as a future wife, which means you're being viewed as his personal booty call, <laughs> baby or not, doesn't that mean that you have nothing? Yeah. And I'm reminded of that, you know, every time he leaves, I feel like I have nothing, so... I mean, Are I you still having if... sex with him? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel after he has sex with you? Well, I mean, there was a time when it really bothered me, and then I went into like a, I went into a numb kind of a state, you know, where I realized that I hurt after he left, and so um, I tried stopping, and then I started up again. When he'd call, I'd answer, and then I'd let him come over, and then. Um, I started realizing that this was not a good situation, so um, it stopped again, and then it started again, and then I started noticing that it was uh, it was hurtful, and um, so I would kind of prepare for that and just numb my emotions to it, but it always come back like a few days later. I think like I was okay with it and be like, oh, cool, you know, I can do this, and maybe it's good for me that I don't get all wrapped up in the situation and this relationship anyways, maybe this is what I need for right now. Um but it just it doesn't go anywhere, it just goes in circles, so right. let me ask you this. Obviously it's you know, you can look at it from a couple of different perspectives, from the baby and the fear of being alone, but when you look at it from a health perspective, I mean, you know, you're having unprotected sex with this guy. I mean, have you ever thought about the fact that he's having sex with other women? Oh, yeah, but, you know, I shut that out. you got to shut that thinking out because it's just, you know, too horrible to imagine. So um, I try and shut that out. It's just uh, certain thoughts and certain things you go along with because um, you just, you, you are so afraid of getting too emotional because then I fall apart and then I get depressed, and so I just kind of block everything out. Um, that, yeah, that's a there. No, I, I get you. I, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it's like drug addicts or alcoholics. At some point, you have to hit rock bottom before you are able to make the decision to walk away and stay going. What's your rock bottom going to be? Well, you've asked me that before, and I don't know. You know, I'm afraid to find out. You know, Well, I'm you're going to find out one way or yeah, – yeah, that's the thing. You're going to find out eventually one way or the other. Yeah. You, yeah, the well, question, I feel it are now. You, yeah, you don't want to find out the hard way because so, unfortunately, right. for some women, rock bottom is HIV. Right, okay. and that's that is that seems to be the bottom, and I don't want to be going there. So, I mean, like I said, I've got a baby to take care of, and uh, I got to be healthy. So, 
you know, the, at some point all the lights have got to shine on the situation and say it is what it is, and you got to stop. So well, so that's you just you just defi- you just said it. So you said for for many women, HIV is rock bottom. In fact, sixty five percent of all new cases of HIV are are from women in the black community. Now I know you're not black, but that's that's a very crazy statistic right there. Yeah, you no, that's horrible. You know, so what I'm saying to you is, you know, you have to think of your your children, right? right. I mean, so to, so because your children are what's most important to you in life, the last time you had sex with him was the is the last time. Am I right? Are we are you able to say that today, once and for all, specifically for your children's sake? Yeah, yeah, I can say that. I can say that. I said that before, and that's. I think that's why I put the call in, and it was like I've said it before, you know, and I've been so committed. I've I've called in before, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I feel great. I haven't done it, and then you know, I come back at it with even more like some t- strange tenacity at it, and um, and then I'm faced with the brick wall again, and so then hence the call tonight. And like, gosh, how many more times do I need to keep hitting my head up against the wall? So I, you know, I think I mainly call just to touch base and say, you know, hear your voice and say hey, and and ask everybody for prayers. I think a lot of you know who this is, anyways, and um, you know, just keep praying for me and my baby because it's just so hard. All right, absolutely. We will continue to pray for you, and you have a na- an international support system in the each woman, the emotionally available with a changed heart organization. You guys can, you know. Check it out on Facebook. It's it's nothing but women specifically designed to be a support system, to be a shoulder to, excuse me, a shoulder to cry on, a, a a hand to hold, you know, a hug, you know, whatever it is that will help her and other women like her break the tie, break free of the spiritual and emotional bondage that she is now faced with. All right? You have to respect yourself. If not for yourself, for your children, your kids don't want a mother with HIV, you know, and you are much better than him. You know, you deserve better than him, and you deserve love and happiness and security and trust and honesty and devotion. And don't settle for less than it. Not you, not anybody else. We've heard people from all over the country today, different parts of the country, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, everyone deserves love and respect and honesty. Courtney, what words of wisdom would you give her? What support would you give her? What advice? Well, she knows that, you know, she's always in my prayers. And so, you know, I just encourage her to stay strong and just really, you know, block out the enemy. Because, that, I mean, that's really what's going on. You know, he's trying to convince you that, you know, there's hope in regards to your future with this man that, you know, things are going to get better with him. And so I think, you know, you're finding yourself believing that, but you have to untrain yourself from that thinking and to really know that things aren't going to get better with this guy. And that's not a bad thing because the good part about it is that once you let go, you will open yourself up, you know, to eventually being found by that elite man before you to do that. You do have to let go of this man. So and, and you know, let go of the dream 
um, that you're holding on to. So, you know, you'll always be in my prayers, you and, and your children as well. So, And you do have a support system at each woman, like Dadon says. We're always here for you. I want to read something to strengthen her and encourage her uh, that comes straight from the Word of God. It says in Isaiah 41.10, many of you know this very popular scripture, but it pertains to exactly what she's going through. She says she does. she's tried in the past. She doesn't feel like you know she can have success, but this is what the Word of God says. It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God, and I will strengthen ye. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And that's that's a great scripture because it really pertains to God's ability to give you strength when it appears as if there is no strength to be had. It says, I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. You know, which is very powerful there. So, I want to I want to um you know, I want to encourage everybody to, like like she said, like Courtney said, and uh, like uh, she asked for, is everyone to pray for her. You know, I think a lot of times we, you know, have a tendency as, as people, just as individuals, to look at certain situations and be like, wow, you know, why are you doing this? Or you could do better and you should do this and that. But, you know, a lot of times when you're in the midst of it, it's not as easy. It, it's not as clear. The you know, Courtney can look at that, I can look at that, you guys listen, they might be able to look at them, like, well, dang, why don't you just leave them alone? But for many women, you know, that's why the Bible speaks about soul ties and, you know, uh, the importance of resisting temptation. In fact, it says, you know, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. That's a very accurate, you know, wording, overtaken you. When you are overtaken with something, it, it it encompasses you. It takes over your whole body. There's nothing you can do, you know, when you succumb to it. But the good news is that it says God is faithful, and then he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape so that you may be able to endure it. So if you listen to stories like hers, situations like hers, it may seem hopeless. She may seem dismayed, you know, and helpless and powerlessness, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, 1 Corinthians 10.13 says something different. Any thoughts on that, Courtney? I just, I'm really happy that, you know, you read that scripture, and I, I know that it's going to you know, give her hope because I think a lot of times we sometimes feel that God has forgotten about us and, and that's not the case at all. God is, he's always there. And so it's just all about, you know, coming to him and laying it all on the altar. And, you know, God will give you strength and God will see you through it. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times, you know, people, you know, when we talk about soul ties and, and why it's so hard to break free, I think it's important. I mean, definitely listen to our show that we did a couple of years ago on soul ties and what the Word says about it. And even listen to our most recent special that we did, what, two weeks ago? Probably one of the best shows of all time, if not the best ever, the the definite, or what is it, uh, what God says about fornication. And the whole show is about sex and the causes of effect, the punishments of sex, the uh, effects of sex, temptations, you know, um, and how to deal with it. But this is one thing that the Word says about 
why it's so hard to pull free from that friend with benefits, from that friend zone, you know, from the child's father who you really want to be more. But this is what it says. It says, uh, if a man lies with a woman and has the omission of semen, both of them shall bathe themselves in water and be unclean until the evening. See, and I think that what you got to realize is, is that when you do that, when you lay down with somebody and he ejaculates all up inside you, like she said, she's not using a condom with this man. Even if she was, it wouldn't make a difference. But certainly it says when, he lie, when they lie together, there's the emission of semen. Both of them will they'll bathe themselves in water, but they'll still be unclean. You guys see how like what happens? That that means there's nothing you can do to wash away that unclean feeling, wash away the tie that has been formed by you know, by this sinful act. You know, you're trying to figure out why can't I break free of this person who I clearly don't want to be with, who's not good for me, who's not a man of God, who only views me as a hoe. What is it? Well, it's because you've laid down and there's been the omission of semen. You ever thought about why it was so hard to break free of a soul tie or a sexual connection with someone who you've uh, been intimate with, Courtney? Yeah, I, I used to think about that. And because a lot of times what happens is, you know, there are situations where the woman is still, you know, involved physically with the man, and then there are other times when she's not. So she's broken away from him, you know, broken up with him or whatever, but emotionally, you know, that connection is still there. And you're right, it does have to do with, you know, laying down with someone. And I remember you saying often just in the show that, you know, those problems would not exist or a lot of the things that we struggle with as women um, in regards to men would not exist if we eliminated sex from the equation. Because once you introduce that, it's like it opens up. A can of worms just emotionally And just a lot of stuff um, Goes on internally that could be Prevented but the good news is That soul ties can be broken But it must be broken with God's help you can't do it by yourself Right right. We're going to get ready to wrap up Tonight's show I want to thank you you guys all for listening in There were some advice questions that I wanted to get to But we're going to call it a night Come back a couple of days you know Get back at it, you know how we do Give you some uh, some classic rebroadcast In the meantime, you know, we are seven nights a week And we'll always continue to be seven nights a week It's always a us show on it might not be a live show But I try to give you all about a good You know, at least one a week But try, you know, two to three live shows a week um, You know, as as, I, as you know, as time permits um, But I want to leave you guys Well, first, I want to encourage you guys all If you, you know, you heard something tonight And you want to Reach out for help, and you can relate to maybe some, maybe the any of the young women's stories who you heard tonight. Definitely, man, you know, reach out eight five five fifty five Daydon, and uh, you know, or uh, email Daydon or Courtney at trctoday.com. Um, but I want to leave y'all with the scripture because you know we spend a good amount of time on this show, generally speaking, and, and definitely tonight, um, you know, encouraging women to respect themselves and. Um, you know, uh, not you know, put themselves out there in, in, in not so good situations, and I don't want the message to be misconstrued. 
The reality is, yes, there are a lot of women who could do a better job of respecting their bodies, but the reality is all of that is because most of these men are bastards out there. You know what I mean? And I want that to be the message. I want you guys to understand that it's not a blame game. It's not a, you know, let's let's point the finger at women. The reality is that these men are are vultures, are targeting. Most men are, are clearly bastards, clearly losers. You know what I mean? With with no, no intention other than to get sex. And, and a lot of times they actually get the sex and they leave you feeling worthless. They leave you feeling suicidal, as Courtney said earlier. They leave you feeling dejected and, you know, just really hopeless. But there's a word, there's a word for, for women who, who may be going to bed tonight in that depressed state, that darkened state of emotion. This is what the word says. And and Psalms thirty seven seven nine says to be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Instead refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, because it only leads to evil. Those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Is that not an encouraging scripture to women, Courtney, who've been dogged, who've been the Friday night freak, who've been single moms because of a deadbeat bastard father? You know, is that not, you know, the women who walked in and caught their man getting head from someone else? You know, and wanted to smash the windows out the car. They wanted to put sugar in the gas tank. They wanted to show up and pop up at the job and wild out. They wanted to do all types of immature and vindictive things. But the word says to to not fret, to turn away from evil, because the the evil ones, the ones who are evil, will not only be destroyed but also that those who remain hopeful in the Lord will inherit the land. They will have a great reward. You know, it says when even when they succeed, even when they do manipulate you, even when they do scheme and lie and cheat to get the sex, even when they do string you along indefinitely thinking that you're going to be a wife and waste five, six, seven, eight years of your life, even when they succeed with their evil ways and carry out their wicked schemes, it says you don't have to get mad. You don't have to bust the windows out the car because they will be destroyed and you will have the reward. Isn't that an encouraging scripture, Courtney? Yes, I've meditated that on that Excuse me, so many times. It's been so comforting. Just growing up, I've read that, and it, oh, I love it. Classic, man. Classic, classic. That's it. There's nothing else to even say after that. I'm going to go ahead and close this out with one of my favorite songs, you know. And this is dedicated to the young woman who just called in, who feels like, you know, she can't go anymore. She can't take it anymore. She feels hopeless, dejected, down and out, downtrodden, you know. But my man Kirk Franklin has a song that speaks to 
how God feels about that. So check out the song. Everybody knows it. I thank you and I appreciate you for listening for three hours tonight. And uh, I'll see you all next time.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.